0: I guess now I got to start the show though.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, elongated, elongated uh, intro for. That's the not the even a
0: al- Not even necessarily elongated. I just I got it it's- working, so I'm like, all right, cool. Probably got to start the show now. Probably, probably good idea. And welcome to Beerfield. I am your host, Chris Hopper, at Hop Beerfield, at Beerfield Hop with two piece. I still haven't gotten that right. We've only changed them for the entire season, but Yeah,
1: I mean you know someday we'll It's we'll hard uh, to undo
0: three hundred and forty episodes is what I'm estimating it was, worth of intros, right?
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. The same... Well, well, is it that long? No, because Nick I thought, did, it, Nick, no. did uh, Nick used to do it. Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. He did the first... He did the first, like, 80 of
0: them. I don't know. I'm it's gonna, been a while. I don't try to Either it, way. It's been a long time.
1: It's been a long fucking time. Uh, all right. So,
0: as always, got some football goodness for you. We're going to go ahead... And I think what we're going to do this week, it is the backstretch of your fantasy football regular season. We are in the last four weeks of it for most of you um, before we hit the playoffs. So, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 is going to be your final playoff push. Your league should not be doing playoffs before week 15 because there's still teams on by in week 14. Yeah, there's um, been
1: most most leagues made sure when the move to 18 weeks – Mostly, just auto updated to week 15 as the default. So, yeah. So,
0: 15, 16, 17 will be, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. we're going to be um kind of going over the back end of that, looking to make sure we don't need to reset on any players, any teams as we go. So, we're going to take a look at our current fantasy top 12 over the last four to five weeks or so. Um, how guys are doing there at every position. Take a look at teams, how they're faring against each particular position. See if there's been any improvements, any major changes. Look at some key stats. Make sure that we don't need to reset our perspective on anybody else for the stretch run as we're we're setting some of these lineups and our depth is really being tested because of injuries and bye weeks and COVID breakouts and things of that nature. Um, We're also going to then preview all of week 11. What we're not going to do is not gonna spend a bunch of time talking about a former piece of
1: shit running back. You don't need to spend much time. Honestly. You don't need to spend any we time. Just, he's 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 a piece of shit running back that should get then hopefully get the entire book thrown at him and be thrown under that.
0: the jail, as a lot of people have said. Props on <laughs> all the NFL the players that spoke up about that absolutely horrible situation with was Zach Stacey. We did not she wants the story out there, I think, which is why the video's out there. We didn't retweet it
1: because trigger warning for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's rough for those that are on. Uh, for those that like to surf through, you know, you know, surf through social media, um, you know, you know, if you're a past victim of uh, of domestic violence, just be, just, just be warned. Just just be a little careful. You might see it. You might see people have it floating around, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. It's uh, thankfully most platforms that talk about it don't show it, mm-hmm. and if they do, they give you a pretty long warning to do so. So yeah,
0: and it's very disturbing. So yeah, it's 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 pretty fucked
1: up, man. Yeah.
0: Without further ado, though, what's fueling beer fuel? Uh, by the way, for those watching live, which I think is nobody right now, 10 nothing Patriots. That's the right. Ther- well, we we night don't game. do a
1: lot of Thursday night games anymore. We don't so. do a lot
0: of Thursday night streams. So No. Uh, we well, there's a lot of updates going on through this. Maybe get into some Patriots Falcons a little bit because we don't actually have to preview the Thursday night game because it's already happening. So One let's game. Not Perfect. that there was a, much, a lot to talk about there anyway. But
1: Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> um, Dan, what are you drinking? I am. Uh, I'm drinking the newest bourbon I picked up. You and I had, had talked about Ooh, this. I, I sent you a text, so I am having Penelope Cast Strength. This is, I believe, an MGD MGP 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 uh, brand. Uh clocks in at 100, this one's 115.8 proof, so 57.9. Alcohol percentage, this is batch number eight. Um, Again, when I see barrel strength, because you don't see a lot of barrel strength on the shelf, and when you do see it on the shelf, you don't typically see it for a decent price. So, uh, spoiler warning, I've had a few of these. I've had a few sips just to kind of get myself an idea of where I stand on it, but I will give you guys my full thoughts on this later. I'm interested to hear it, because I really enjoy Penelope. Again, they are sourcing
0: from MGP right now. Most of those are going to be close to five-year barrels, I think, at the moment. So... um... I'm interested to hear it halfway the through. the website
1: said like, it was like three and a half to five years. Yeah.
0: The, they, like they, up. they blend. So, yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. They batch blend. Um, all right. I picked up O'Fallon's Cookie Tin. So, hmm. for those of you that remember the infamous dad's oatmeal cookie stat episode from a couple of years ago where I was way too drunk to live. Um, <laughs> I forgot. This yeah. is from the same series of beers. So... This is their vanilla wafer cream ale. They also have a chocolate cookie stout and a uh, peanut butter ale is part of that as well. But this is vanilla wafer cream ale. I'm guessing they don't really say anything other than an ale with natural flavors. If I had to guess, this is probably just a jazzed up cream ale with some vanilla and maybe some malt in it to give it a little bit more of a broody cookie type note, which you can get out of uh, a lot of European malts. But... I'll go ahead and give it a, a full full uh, review about halfway through the show, and then we'll probably
1: switch to a homebrew I've got ready. so There you go. All right. We'll see, right. We'll see if I don't keep pouring more. I do have some uh, 2021 Orion, one of my favorite straw nails, barrel-aged straw nails. So. Nice. I may, All right. I may switch that and get really fucked up. <laughs> I've been really fucked up the last few
0: nights, so I'm kind of trying <laughs> to not. That's not do that a third <laughs> night in a row all right so um ch- ch- key injury news so alex collins is late week did not practice and you've got chris carson who's still not doing great so keep an eye on that seahawks backfield situation this could be rashad, um, penny? rashad penny yeah i think he is for now <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Yeah, it's against the Cardinals, so it's a plus matchup. It'll be yeah, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, and Travis Homer. They get the run on that. Oh my God, it's pretty ugly. Woof, that's rough. Um, bunch of guys taking just kind of maintenance days, so we're not going to mention them unless just fair warning. We're not going to mention them unless we hit a point where we feel like it's worth mentioning. Like, yeah, there's a lot of guys this time of year, especially in the longer season, that are going to be. Uh, limited or, you know, not practicing early in the week or, you know, returning to practice late in the week for Thursday, Friday. So a lot of this injury news, if it's things that aren't new, um not going to worry about it too much. Cordero Patterson's inactive tonight. Just not nothing you
1: can do about that right now. But I mean, that's been, and, and they were hitting that, that, for most of the week, so I mean, I know you know people. maybe have been like me that had him in there for the off chance because there's some spots I just don't want to, you know, play backups in. But hopefully, you guys are able to make adjustments, either pivot to Mike Davis, or 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 have a viable bench replacement for him.
0: Okay, there's something really interesting here in just a moment, uh, but first, Elijah Mitchell, uh, finger surgery as well as a rib injury. Finger surgery earlier this week. The hope had been that he can still play on Sunday. That is not a guarantee. If he cannot go, Jeff Wilson was mixing it a little bit against the Rams. He looked all right. And he's almost always guaranteed for a touchdown when he plays anyway. The Niners are very run happy. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that. It's against Jacksonville, so it's a positive run game script. And, um, not a tough defense. So, preemptive ad. If you need running back help, go. If somebody hasn't yet,
1: go stash Jeff Wilson. Is Jamichael Hasty back in IR? Uh I th- not practicing. I, I, okay, he's just. Not, okay, I thought another running. I thought one of the San Francisco backs went on IR. So, uh,
0: it's, hey, yeah, Hasty Mitchell finger injury. Hasty not practicing. Um, Trey Sherman is in Channy's doghouse, as they put it. So it's <laughs> Jeff Wilson, Jesus Christ. And Jeff and Wilson, Charles I think, jump had leapfrog hasty anyway. So
1: if he, if, if Jeff Wilson is the lone starter or the true lone starter, go and put your uh, your plus two touchdown Jeff Wilson bets in, right. in all your uh, on all your sports betting sites because it's it's coming, folks. If, if he's if it's just him, he's finding a way to get in twice. I'm calling it now.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Texans tight
0: ends coach Andy Bishop revealed that the team has moved Jeff Driscoll to tight end. Wait, what? So Jeff Driscoll is a tight end now. Uh, hold on, on a team where on. yeah, one hundred percent.
1: On a team, no, 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 I believe you. I'm just pulling up his player profile. On a team He's where 6'4", 234, So yeah, on a team where. Davis Mills and
0: Tyrod Taylor are the two quarterbacks that you got to beat out. Jeff Driscoll is now tight end. Uh, Bishop called Driscoll a, quote, rare athlete
1: and noted that he is, quote, on a journey. That that sounds like an Instagram post. That- <laughs> it, it sounds like influence- shit I should be reading. <laughs> some influencer in- would post on there. I'm a- on a journey. I'm on a journey.
0: You I'm make- athletically gifted. I'm on a journey. You know me, but you don't know my story. Um, is he oh a rare God. athlete? I haven't looked at his prayer. I have his profile <laughs> put I up. So Drisco,
1: he- six four two thirty-four. Uh he rid of four five six uh forty. That's actually pretty good. She's gonna give him pretty good uh of justice speed score. Uh, his best comparable, I mean, as of right now, it would He's, be Jake Locker, who is also, you know, pretty decently athletic. Don't flip him over uh-huh. here. Burst
0: was good. Agility score was not great for a quarterback, which means it's probably gonna be worse for a tight end.
1: But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll. Uh, it, it, it's. I could. I mean. Like you can't really expect much. It's going to take a long time for him to even get tight ends are a tough curve anyway. So and he's already 28 years old. He'll be 29 next year. Um, this is also math works shit that I should be reading in the off season, not in week
0: 11 of the NFL season.
1: No, I love it. I love how our boy Josh Slarkey has two lookalikes on this team. They have Davis Mills and you have Jeff Driscoll. You have both Londex. Shout out to our Our Shout boy Josh Slarkey. Smart, <laughs>
0: smart human being.
1: a team unders on a uh, on underdog. Darnell Mooney limited,
0: and Allen Robinson not practicing. By the way, Allen Robinson not practicing. So, um, if you're into the Bears offense and you shouldn't be, that's um, if you like pain, you do. If you like pain, you do. Should be more concentrated target volume at least Mooney's way.
1: You know those those extra four targets Robinson was getting. Should actually lead to Mooney is, to is all targeting them and. It- is a higher uh, target share and a higher yardage count. I mean, he is effectively kind of the one. I mean, based on that, yeah. But it's probably more of like a two A, two B. Like there is no true. One There's anymore. no one.
0: There are actually four A, four B. <laughs> no one's higher than a three. No, Wolf. Uh, Jeremy McNichol is not practicing. He's in concussion protocol. Or co- he's in concussion protocol. It's been a lot of foreman the uh it's gotta be the a last lot, couple of games. A lot more foreman if that's the case.
1: I wonder who's gonna be there. I mean, neither backs, both him or Peterson are, are real a real pass catcher, so that I mean, you're looking at another loss of you know who's guy getting targets out of that backfield. I mean
0: they've got somebody else there,
1: I'm pretty sure. Foreman, 36% of the snaps, uh, 11 carries. He ran seven routes. Got two targets on seven routes. That's right around average. Um, 78 total yards should be a better matchup for them this week.
0: Darrington Evans is on IR. Derrick Henry's on IR. Dontrell
1: Hilliard's there on their practice squad. So, if, if they need it, I mean, you know, as we talked about, they get Houston this week, so there's not really... uh not really much to care too much about. I mean they shouldn't they shouldn't have to throw in theory throw as much based on also a player profiler needs to get on their
0: game. They still have four men listed on uh the Titans practice squad.
1: <sighs> Motherfuckers. Come on, guys. Jesus.
0: So I don't even get know how up to date that is, actually. Let me go check something else there real quick. I want to go to our lads because I know that they actually update their damn depth charts. I feel like I can rely on player profiles for everything, and they just let me down. God,
1: they're so good for everything, but God damn so it, good when for they stats, fail, they
0: fail. Good God, you don't have to think to update a death chart in your death chart. Good God, man! Oh, do. come the fuck on! Everything is slow and terrible. <laughs> so, so, there we so, go. Holy shit! Uh. Let's see. Practice squad. Running backs. Dontrell Hilliard. So all of that to come to the same conclusion that Dontrell Hilliard's likely one to get promoted if that doesn't go
1: well. This is the the largest amount of time we've given to Dontrell Hilliard ever. Dontrell Hilliard ever. Uh, Take it as you want, folks.
0: Uh, Antonio Brown. I forgot about this. Yeah. fake COVID vaccination card for
1: Antonio Brown. And then it comes out that he's actually vaccinated. Like his agent was like, you know, he's actually vaccinated and then he was like, do do as do as Antonio Brown does and get vaccinated. I'm like that's such a lotus, <laughs> such a lotus statement given AB's history over the last 3 years. So don't do what he's been doing.
0: No, yeah, don't do it Antonio Brown. Jesus does. Christ. Oh my god. Just another thing under the hat. Um I enjoy Roto Edge's commentary, by the way. roto Edge. <laughs> yeah. Remember to pay money to the people you owe money to, because this was leaked by a former personal chef. <laughs> Claypool still Soundline. Uh, uh Joe Flacco gonna start for the Jets this week.
1: Mike White's been supplanted by Mr. Elite himself. You have one bad game and it's all over. It's good for uh it's good for Elijah Martruthers as Flacco and Josh Johnson were the big were big target guys of, uh, uh, to to more so
0: yeah. Hey, Hayden Hurst IR. So you literally have nobody other than Kyle Pitts in Atlanta.
1: So that, that's like the last you need against the Patriots, where will or uh, Belichick will undoubtedly go out of its way to make sure to game script Kyle Pitts out. And, and now there's nobody else to even help him. It's just, good luck. Uh, in the Giants infirmary, Kenny
0: Galladay is absent. Sterling Shepard is absent. Saquon Barkley is limited. Kadarius Tony is healthy. So, in your roulette wheel, uh, wheel of who's healthy for the Giants this week, Kadarius Tony <laughs> is the answer. Uh, Taysom We're Hill not happy. practicing currently. Alvin Kamara downgraded. Did, did not practice on Thursday. Potentially reactivate. A re aggravation of his MCL sprain.
1: I don't think he's gonna play. I don't think he will play later the week either. It's it's I mean Friday will say a lot. We'll probably get it'll be a game time decision. So stay tuned and stay you know, jump onto the live stream with us Sunday morning and we'll we'll give you the update on Camara. But
0: Ooh, here's a good note not from Bob Sturmer, the Athletic. When Michael Gallup is healthy, CD Lamb is going to be the Cowboys' primary slot receiver. And that is
1: a matchup nightmare. That's what it was last year when all three were healthy. That's what I expected it to be now that Gallup's completely back. This is great. I mean, Lamb dominated from the slot. He plays, he's great both in and out. And Gallup was used primarily as a deep threat for Dallas when all three were healthy last year. So, may make him a little more boom bust, but. That offense can boom just about as any, just about as good, if not better, than anybody in the league. So, good days ahead, hopefully. Yeah, a lot of people
0: beat up. Uh, by the way, Washington football team could be down to their third string tight end, Logan, not Logan Thomas, not able to, uh, not ready to come off of IR yet, and Ricky Seals Jones is currently not practicing with the hip injury. So, Thursday did not practices are not good signs. We've no. learned. Um so that would leave to a team that targets a tight end something called John Suspense. Bates? John Bates? Or Sammy Reyes is the active tight ends.
1: I have no idea who either of them are. Oh, I'm pulling up John Bates. John Bates looks like <laughs> it looks like the uh <laughs> Looks like the loudmouth high school bro at all those college frat parties. So Gronk? <laughs> so yeah, except he's more like 95. He's more like mid 2000s Watched is based on his hair and his goatee. Sure, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Fourth round pick this year 6'5", Best comparable player profiler, shout out, Nick Vinette. Oh, there you go. Show sure legend, Nick Vanette. Oh, my God, he does look like a. <laughs> he does. Not uh, I would also say he looks like a less drugged up and drunk version of the least inner of Smash Mouth. He's also not athletic at all. Decent agility score, which means, you know, eh, he's not in shorts. Look he's not fast. It's, it, it, it's going to be well, neither is he may catch and run a little bit, but I mean, he ain't going to be going to break a nothing.
0: Neither is RSJ, though. No. Oh, it's not Sammy. It's Samus. Oh, am I seeing that right? It's Samus Reyes? Samus Reyes. Samis. That's, yeah. Maybe Samis. He's freaking athletic as hell. Undrafted out of Tulane, 26 years old, 6'5", 260, ton of athleticism. F it, Samus Reyes. It's a name we're going to know after this week. Only because you listen to the show, maybe. But name we're going to know after this week. Uh, either way, you're probably not playing. Oh, I'm going to do it. I will do it somewhere. Thanks. Bad. I, I commend you. <laughs> You're gonna do it. I want me. you to do it now. You challenge do it challenge accepted. Today? Okay. Uh, Jared Goff sidelined for Thursday's practice.
1: Oh, couldn't have played much worse than what he played last <laughs> week.
0: My God. Tim Boyle would be your starting quarterback.
1: That 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 game cost me my fucking under. And underdogs because of the countless missed opportunities for both teams. When, when Mason Rudolph finally hits his over prop with a minute left in overtime, bad beat. Um, Jesus Christ! Hopkins likely to miss again.
0: Ooh, Uh, Christian Kirk again. Yeah, Christian Kirk. I have a lot of Christian Kirk. Um. Anybody else? Derek Henry could be back in early January. That'd be the last week, week. seventeen. Yeah, two weeks. Left. That's what Boy, I said. That's... that's what I said when the injury happened. Is that don't that was always yeah, don't that drop that always him. You might have him for Dado. your
1: championship, but you got to get yeah. there first. You got to get there, and you got to hopefully hope that, that Tennessee is going to activate him, and then you got to hope that he's actually yeah one hundred percent back or at least close to it. And we're into Wednesday
0: stuff. I think that pretty well covers everything on injury news so sure let's go look into some of the stuff now all right all right let's start with quarterback we we'll are going week seven through ten so the last four weeks I'm going by average points per game i'm gonna give you your top 10 or you go to top 10 or top 12 just go uh i just go top 10 all right your top 10 that's lamar jackson by a full point almost which is a lot over five weeks for a quarterback. Dak Prescott. Tom Brady, Josh (laughs) Allen, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, who's down at six, which is actually a fall. Uh, Joe Burrow up there at seven. Tannehill. um, Tua checking it at eight. Hmm. At about 19 points per game, so... Um, big drop-off after Tua to Carson Wentz and then Jalen Hurts. Big drop-off is two points a game, by the way, in quarterback speak, but that's still a pretty big drop-off um, between Tua and then you get down to Wentz, Hurts, Mahomes, Garoppolo. So I think the, the big resets there, a lot of people had seen Joe Burrow as a streamer. Cincinnati is that kind of pick of bad defense with a good offense that you want to run out there. Um, And then, you know, Tua is the other one that I think can be had on a, on a lot of waiver wires that has looked decently better since he's gotten back. He's dealt with injuries, but when he's been on the field, he's, he's been pretty all right. I'm pretty sure. Go look that
1: up real quick. No, he's been, uh, he's definitely, he's definitely been serviceable. I mean, just look, and then looking at the other way, just looking at, I just, you know, not points per game, but just what has been done. I mean, I, I, it's, 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 it's a pretty big steep from just a top five ish or just really top three. Yeah. The top three and Josh Allen is, I mean, if you take, I mean, never it, just take out a game, but you know, game against that, Jacksonville it, is what's hurting that Jacksonville game, there. And then, Another bi-week was in there. Yeah, and then Justin
0: Herbert. So there's kind of a clear top five there. That's kind of where I'd draw that line at, though, is those guys. Um, Tom Brady outperforming a lot of expectations, I think.
1: Tom Brady is just hes outperforming father time. He's going to, like, it's unbelievable. It's like Brett Favre, age 39, with the Vikings, and that seemed insanely, you know... It's certainly amazing to watch from a fantasy perspective what he was able to put out that year. Then you just get Brady who just continues to defy expectations from what you would normally get from the quarterback position at this age. And it's and and I mean, yes, he's got a lot of great weapons around him, but I mean, it's Brady. And this is the Bucs team that that gave him everything that he really needed to be successful within this offense. And now fantasy gold is there. Granted, you know, banged up defense, especially banged up secondary has led to maybe more shootouts than they and maybe we expected. But Brady just being high efficient again and now with a little more volume. I mean, this is what we're getting and and it's minus like having no rushing floor and he's being able to do this. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah. All right, running backs, this is an area where I think people are going to need to reset a little bit. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, no surprise there. Clearly the RB1 over the last couple of weeks uh, yeah. by a full two-plus points. Alvin Kamara, who's dealing with a knee injury now. Uh, Joe Mixon, which shouldn't be that surprising to anybody. Uh, <laughs> then there's a little bit of a drop-off. James Conner, who's largely carried by one big game, uh, but very touchdown, volume-dependent for James Conner. It uh, does help that Chase Edmonds is hurt for him. So he should
1: be plugged into most lineups right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the Cardinals really need to get Murray back to that's what's also hurt him is. Yeah. You know, when you lose that touchdown upside because your team goes from, you know, one of the highest scoring teams in the league to below average, it, it also does not help. So, yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb,
0: Christian McCaffrey, both only played two games. Um, over the last five. So McCaffrey, um, by the way, just kind of working his way back. Najee Harris, Matt Burita. One game. One game. <laughs> one game.
1: 16 Don't. points. That doesn't really no. count. Michael no. Carter. He's there. I mean, he's the one that's getting garbage time. And, and when Mike White was was actually the starter there, he was the primary benefactory to him. When it was Josh Johnson, I believe it was mostly Ty Johnson, and then I guess we'll see now with uh, with Flacco. But it's, sh- I mean, Carter should be the only running back that's of note that you can play here for the Jets. Yeah, for the and Jets. It's and not even a week, a week It is a matchup dependent
0: start, to be sure. Yeah, but he's been decent. He picked up the touchdown last week. He's uh. He's getting receiving work though is the other big thing here. So while there's not been necessarily a ton of yardage on the ground because he's getting that receiving work, you know, over 40 yards receiving three of the last four weeks, um, especially in PPR formats. So we're doing these based on half PPR, but in full PPR formats, especially Michael Carter is showing what we thought he could as a when he was drafted essentially. So he's he's stepped up a bit. Uh, behind that, you've got Damian Harris who is taking over that New England backfield. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who's kind of fallen off a bit as the Lions offense has fallen off a bit.
1: Yeah, that one's been, I mean, targets, I believe, are still there, but I mean, this was always, the concern with Swift was he he was never going to get, it was going to be tough to get the boom weeks. He would need, he would need to have heavy, heavy volume to reach that heights because touchdowns were just kind of yeah. You weren't going to expect a lot from him in that department.
0: And he had heavy volume heavy volume last week, but the efficiency is has not been there at all for him really over the last 3 to 4 weeks. Um, you know, he's got just one game all year over 100 rush yards. Uh scrimmage yards have have mostly been there, but uh not so much last week, but he is still seeing wide receiver level target volume. So, he had
1: 31 carries last week. 31. Like <laughs> He's still like you, like he's clearly you want to have him on your team because he has one, he has one of the highest floors in the league. But the upside has been Christ. hard to come by, yeah, which is not a surprise in that offense. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, flipping over to wide receiver Cooper Cup, obviously, not much else you can say about him. He's having an amazing year. Uh, Debo Samuel, let's talk about somebody. I said it a couple weeks back, and he's done nothing since then to pull me off of this. Debo Samuel is a must-start, and Debo Samuel is was such a value looking back at, at what you've gotten out of him this year. He, to me, has been everything you wanted A.J. Brown to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or Brandon Ayuk, who you drafted ahead of him, most likely. I mean, I did. I'm not gonna, you know, shy off. I mean, I had them both ranked similarly. I think a lot of just... people did. Um, so Debo Samuel,
0: wide receiver two over that stretch. Um, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. That's not a surprise. Michael Pittman, another breakout guy. Um, he's a must start at this point. We talked about him a lot on this show. Um, but he is very, very much a guy that you plug in as a is a must start. Yep. The thing with Debo, by the way, I want to get back to, to him for a minute, is that they scheme him. It's a run-first team. They scheme him into their running game, too. Well,
1: I mean, they scheme. I mean, it, it's been... Mm-hmm. They run both him and iuke similarly. They want to get him... It, it's, they want to make sure that their manufacturing touches for him, whether that's... You know, behind the you know, whether that that's in the backfield, whether that's in short passes, screens, mm-hmm. um, you know, high, you know, high efficient throws, high, you know, high, uh, uh, catchable throws, and they do the same thing with Kittle. This offense, like, it, 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 it you know, it it, it, it was always when all three are healthy, what is it going to look like? Well, and with Ayuk in the doghouse, Debo. Has seemingly been that answer, the you know, for the entire year. Like, don't look at weeks, you know, this past game where you know he only ran sixteen routes. I mean, the guy was still a wide receiver; like, he was still the number one receiver. They ran
0: forty times. He ran,
1: he, yeah, like they were up the he, entire game. So he, even in a negative game script, he had five rushes and a rushing touchdown, and a negative yeah. game script. And a receiving and touchdown. O- yeah, just five targets. So like even in a negative game script, they are still finding ways caught all five to get him involved. Exactly. Uh, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like even in a game that's not made for like you would think would be made for a lot of receivers, they still find ways to get him involved.
0: And his end of season stat line is going to be absolutely really r- ridiculous. He's already got 86 targets, 54 receptions already clo- closing in on 1000 yards
1: in the receiving game. Yeah. it's uh this offense has kind of found some new life. I don't know if it's if if it's the defense getting healthy and then now Grapple getting healthy that they have they have found this this success. Mm-hmm. And it it's I mean, you know, I think Kittle was scored twice. Once or twice Monday night or on uh Sunday night too. So I mean it, it's it's the offense is starting to flow. And if all three of these guys I mean like even Again, even IU ran one more route, had one less target, just didn't get any touchdowns. Obviously, mm-hmm. no yards as well either. But the offense is starting to find its click, and that's only going to help everybody else because who are you going to double? Right, right. You, like you, especially with how they use them, it's 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 even more difficult to you know to double them when all three of these guys are are yak monsters. Yeah, they are,
0: and. I mean, that's what San Francisco—they have a type, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, they do. And they're making good on it. And Michael Pittman, you know, not schemed in as much of the same vein. The volume has been similar for him, um, really five to six targets, but he's highly efficient with that volume. Um, and is their, you know, best receiving option in the red zone. So Michael Pittman's also getting it done. They're in Indian. and I think that one is for real. You're witnessing a breakout there. Going beyond that, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, um, Robert Woods, who's now out for the season. Aw. AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb. Elijah Moore's climbed
1: up there. Right now, propped up um from one big game. Right. It, I mean, he scored last week, garbage time, but still, like, you know, garbage time points are also worth the same. So Moore is it's it's slowly, you know, becoming, you know. Finding himself into his own, and, and it's going to be hopefully wheels up with this bad jet team that he can Would be. Would you
0: believe me if I told you Hunter Renfro is outscoring Justin Jefferson? I mean, I am because I'm looking right at it. Yeah, but
1: yes, and Devontae
0: Parker sandwich there
1: in the middle somehow. One game. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's actually quite amazing with uh, Renfro. Has, it's 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 kind of taken both Waller's soul. And what rugs left over? Because Waller has been kind of disappointing too. Waller could not
0: get anything going against Tyron Matthew last week. He
1: hasn't gone much. I mean, it only like he has fallen. He's fallen from a top three must start to a below, where he turned into a average streaming tight end. And now we're living off of this this idea that he is going to get target volume, and it's starting to shift. I don't think it's been just. You know, just a couple weeks. This has kind of been the trend since like week three or four. Yeah, I am gonna go. I am
0: pulling it up. I am betting uh, that up too. Hunter but. Renfro, by the way, has been eight or more targets the last three weeks, and really going all the way back to week four, he's been eight or more targets. I mean, the difference between Hunter Renfro having a good floor game and a really good game has been the touchdowns. But I mean, in PPR especially, this is a guy that's good for. You know, eight to nine targets, five to seven receptions. You know, he's giving you a, a 12 to 13-point floor. Is your wide receiver three? Yeah. Because you picked him up off waivers, most likely?
1: I mean, he's his target volume is decidedly up. And Darren Waller... It's It's been... I mean, the volume's there, right? He's got no less than five targets in any game, and those five targets was against Denver. He's, he's been <laughs> seven or more... But it's week one's propping up a lot of those numbers when he was yeah because a, lo- a two lot of week. the
0: rest of it. I mean, the difference between Darren Waller and a guy like Ricky Seals Jones, and we'll bet this here in a minute. Over the last
1: couple of weeks, is not a lot. Well, just look at him and Dalton Schultz. Yeah, him and Dan Arnold recently. I mean, Waller has been. I mean, outside of week one. It's been average. You know, Tied in nine. Tied in thirteen. Ten. You know, 15, 12. He got a, in a like he got it done on volume in week nine against the Giants when he finally saw. Double-digit targets for the second time this year, but it's been seven targets, eight targets, but he's only catching four or five. Like this isn't a high, you know, you know, high efficiency, and it's not like he's being worked. Like he's not getting down, you know, field that shit done. Mm-hmm. It's you know forty-five, you know, fifty receiving yards, and if he doesn't get that touchdown, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Here's how screwed up the tight end landscape is on a. Oh, I'm sure it's. I've it's got to be. Are you ready? CJ is
0: top, top four. four. Pat pa- <laughs> Fryermuth is your tight in two right now
1: behind Kittle. Kelsey Kelsey is behind Fryermuth over the last three weeks. I mean, think. I mean, he had that bad stretch. It was against the Packers and then the team before that. And thank God he got it going against the Raiders. But my
0: God, it was rough. And Fryermuth, Fryermuth is on a breakout now. Little, you know, touchdowns it's, propping it's touchdown up a little field. bit. but It's touchdowns. I mean, what's the difference between Friar Muth and Darren Waller over the last four or five weeks? What not about a Tyler damn,
1: Conklin? Not a damn thing. Tyler Conklin's in there. I mean, Conklin's getting, he's not getting as much, but he's got, you know, five or more targets since week six, his last yeah. four games. He's catching just as many passes. That he's getting just as many yards. Tight end is a total cluster.
0: And Kyle I mean, this, Pitts, who should be thriving without
1: um Calvin Ridley there, is not. I mean, it's tough though, still. I mean, I mean Yes, he should be. You know, based on perceived target volume. No. Well, but I mean, he's also a rookie and he's also, I mean, I'm not saying he's playing out of position because he's more of a bigger body receiver, but I mean, maybe there's some struggle just, you know, getting caught up to the NFL speed. Sure. All right. I want to shift over and look at some stats here.
0: Fucking tight ends, man. Jesus. Over the same thing. See if there's See what we can find that's surprising here over. Let's call it the last.
1: 13 nothing halftime. Yeah. Patriots.
0: You go to the same length of weeks here, basically. Uh, shout out Fantasy Bros, by the way, which is who I'm using for most of this stuff. Say here. Yeah. Okay. Um, passing attempts, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, Mike White, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, no surprise there. <laughs> Alan Jackson Carr. Nobody surprised. Nothing there surprised me. Passing yards leader, Jimmy Garoppolo, is third. Over the last nine. I mean four it, or five it's, weeks.
1: It's got some uh it's got some three hundred plus games there too. And some games and I think in most of these games he's, it's it San Francisco's been playing, you know, positive games has been either neutral or more of a positive game trips uh for running backs and Garoppolo is still getting done. That's why I mean this the San Francisco offense is figuring its shit out and it's
0: Garoppolo turning into
1: fantasy gold here.
0: I feel like he's hitting deep.
1: Yeah, sixth in
0: adjusted yards per attempt. Um, where's his? Yeah, third in yards
1: per attempt. So Garoppolo's working the ball deep. Well, when you get guys, when you get, you know, Kittle's finally healthy. You know, Debo's been healthy all year. Ayuk, is kind of, you know, working himself off the doghouse and it has been productive. It's helped. You, you get three of some of the, you get the best yak tight in the league. And two of the best yak receivers as well. That just helps overall. Because again, as we've you know, you, you know, coming back to that point to which we talked about with Debo and Ayuk is who are you going to double? Yeah, well, someone's going to get open, and Garoppolo is benefiting the most
0: from receiver yak per target, which should surprise nobody. He's first in that category. So <laughs> four
1: point three. That's fucking nuts. That's four point three per target. That's Even all. with receiver separation being bottom of the, being well below average, the yak wise is just pretty good. That's nuts. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> pretty good. Um, pretty good. Pretty
0: good. Yeah, he's leading in yards per attempt at a regular starter, just a hair
1: over Murray and Burrow. So 8.3 is nothing to scoff at. I mean, we know he's not, we know he's going to be more of the intermediate underneath guy, but again, Look at the weapons, and the, it's starting to show. Carson
0: Wentz is a name that keeps showing up as I sort through these leaderboards a little bit. Um, he's up there in in attempts. Yards are just okay. Yards per attempt, not great.
1: Touchdown rates up there. Colts throwing in the red zone a little bit. He's back with Frank Wright, man. This was a guy that made him that made him the MVP during the Eagle Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. What quarterback over the last five weeks has the most rushing yards? Well, it's not going to be Jackson or Hurts because there'd be no reason for you to bring it up it's otherwise. It's Jalen Hurts. Is it Jalen Hurts? It's okay. I figured maybe. two yards that Jackson. Too, that seems too obvious. <laughs> it seems so obvious. I figured it'd be some. Okay. Here, I'll give you one that's less obvious. Who's fourth? Fourth? Yeah. Justin Fields is third. Yeah. I mean, he's had some. He, he, he's, man, that confidence has risen. Who would be fourth? Taylor Heineke. Who's fourth? hearnicky okay yes 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 he's sneaky fast he is and chew white guy form he is sneaky fast it makes sense sam darnold's also <laughs> up there top
0: six top seven. Oh, uh, darnold all right i really want to look at some of the running back stuff though yeah all right um oh god patrick ricard's at the top of my list that's not right attempts elijah mitchell is third attempts so Anybody that was worried about a backfield split with their stuff getting out with uh San Francisco get getting healthy, healthy. not there. Uh, miles Gaskin is fourth in attempts, but he has a 2.8 yards per attempt average. You think, uh,
1: you think Gaskin's a little bit misused? I mean, yeah. I mean, they found opportunity and success with them last year. Offensive line. has not been good. I'm looking to, where is it? Uh, and then, the, no, the fact there you go, forty uh, seventh in run blocking efficiency. That that, that pretty, that pretty much spells it all. He's not a, he's not a hyper athlete, so I'm expecting him to create on his own doesn't happen. Be it's blocked. to happen. He's a fifty second in juke rate. He's a forty first in invaded tackles. It, it's a team that needs to kind of like he needs uh, he, he he needs some help. The fact yeah. that Malcolm Brown's out for the year is definitely a massive help. And boost to his volume because for some reason, wherever Malcolm Brown goes, it's just he just uh, siphons, uh, uh, and touches away. Yep.
0: Michael Carter also up there towards attempts, the uh, he's top 10 as well. So good, just another guy. We already kind of looked at yards, efficiency doesn't matter. Nobody's busted off 20-yard runs. That's a little surprising. Goal line work, all that goes to James Conner. That should be no surprise there. Uh, Melvin Gordon's the other one that shows up. Uh, Melvin Gordon has definitely been propped up by touchdowns. He's
1: got five in total. He's the most uh, uh, trusted red zone work. Shout out to Matt Hicks, who put out a video about Javonta Williams and highlighting the struggles that he, he had dating back to college as a red zone option yeah something. Uh, something to look at you know moving forward if this is a problem that continues it could it, it could tip the hat to why he's been in a committee backfield yeah since college
0: actually makes me want to go look at my statistical vetting and see if he missed the touchdown metric for college i bet he did um yeah anyway nothing too advanced here just kind of taking a a gander. A gander, what some of these guys are doing. Receiving work, Michael Carter is up there. So is Ty Johnson. They're top two in running back targets.
1: When you're always playing from behind. Yeah. It should but not shock anybody. Michael Carter leads that. Uh Darrell Williams is in fourth there. You know what's funny about this is that you know many people complain that Clyde wasn't getting enough touches. Not touches, targets. And here we go with Darrell Williams. Outplaying Clyde yeah higher ceiling higher floor Clyde is I, I think he's there's there is a, a note that came out I think yesterday that Reed may wait till week 13 to activate Clyde or to have have Clyde be ready I mean what's stopping the chiefs from just riding you know Daryl Williams who's been effective mm-hmm. in this offense especially if the chief offense is kind of back to where it was. They need a third trusted receiving option and what's the problem with your running back if Mahomes if, if it's Mahomes. Sure. I mean they you know they found that success with Kareem Hunt and with Damien Williams, and they have yet to really find that with, with Clyde. Clyde. And so Yep. Uh looking at receivers, looking at receptions,
0: uh there it gets real interesting at about eight through eleven. Eight through eleven. <laughs> sure. Jalen Waddle, Christian Kirk, Hunter Renfro, Hollywood Brown,
1: Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley. Beasley had that insane, those ins, was it like eight, he had like seven catches for 26 yards against Jacksonville in the first yes. half of one game. Yeah. Um,
0: And they're not up there. And, you know, again, names that pop up consistently at the top of this list are worth, more worth mentioning. Jalen Waddle's a guy I want to dive a little deeper into, though. We should. No, um, we definitely should. Jill and Waddle, highly drafted receiver that we really haven't given a lot of a lot of airtime on the show. Um, the volume has absolutely been there for Waddle. He's not having a problem hitting double-digit targets in you know three out of the last five weeks, basically. So the target volume is there. Um, you know, weirdly for a guy that's a deep threat, the efficiency hasn't necessarily been there. But this is a guy that most weeks is clearing sixty yards. Um, you know struggling a little bit to to pull some touchdowns or really put together some huge plays but the volume's been there he's clearly being used as the one in Miami um so he's a guy that I also think's been a little sneaky
1: he's, but it's like a fake one right number one in routes run yeah. in the league number one he is 96 in a dot yeah the Dolphins know how to use this receiver. And I, I say fake alpha because, you know, if your alpha is operating short to the line of scrimmage, I mean something's wrong. Not to say that this is for Waddle. We would love to see the fact that he's getting double-digit targets in three of his last five games. Fifth so his lowest target has been six since week four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, touchdowns haven't been there, but if your role is to be short to the line of is sc- short of the line of, or short to the line of scrimmage. Touchdowns aren't going to be a part of your, you know, that skill set at this point. So the fact that he's being, he's this productive and when you're running 36 routes per game and you have Miami who has a very inefficient running game and you need to be able to get, you know, those type of high efficient run plays in the passing game. That's, that's been waddle, right? He's super fast. His best comparable is John Brown. We're in yeah. a 4.36, uh, uh, a 40 at his pro day, 4.37. So it, it, it's, we need to talk about it because he's been one of he's been the lone bright spot on this receiving core, and he's been one of the lone bright spots. Right, find a little of the, bit you know, of efficiency
0: one. with those targets. He's going to elevate. He's yeah. a rookie. So give it a little time. Right now, he's getting high efficient, he's getting high percentage chances. But he's 18th in separation in the league. That's not bad. That tells me they could work him downfield a little bit more. So I don't know what they're working on with him exactly. But there's room to grow for Waddle and to take that next step.
1: But the volume is 100% there. Lots of room. He's 91st in catchable target rate and 17th in yards after the catch. Better throwing balls, especially in those yak scenarios. True catch rate is 5th. I so. think he has I think he has top 5 yards after the catch in his up like in his range of outcomes which will easily put him as a wide receiver too. And we'll have will to he see be a wide receiver one maybe? I need to see him be used more downfield. Yeah, and uh, we'll, consistently for sure. And we'll have to see if this improves with with Tua. <laughs> Exactly. You know, the Tua also got to stay healthy because you have mixing games with Brissett here, too. So, yeah, the games with Brissett were not
0: phenomenal. It's been all over a little the bit place. of a slow start. It's kind yeah. of up and down. So, interested yeah. to, to keep an eye on that, though. Waddle is definitely a player to watch, and he's a guy that's getting volume. Could be a league winner if he catches fire and figures something out here over the next couple of weeks with Tua.
1: If they can, if they can operate, if they can use him downfield a bit more, you know, top five in receptions. Uh, again, with the load eight, I, we have to expect low touchdowns. He's, he's not going to have a whole lot of mm-hmm. yards per se, but again, the better catchable balls is good after the catch. We start using them downfield more, which means maybe if the, if the dolphins get themselves a better outside receiver, yeah, that could help them. Cause that's going to free up the field even more for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, Christian Kirk is right behind Waddle um, benefiting a little bit from Hopkins absence. Mm-hmm. So, target volume wise, um, Waddle's another name that shows up near the top. Uh, the first five would not be at all surprising to anybody. It's Cup Hill Brown or Hollywood Brown is up there. A little surprising, I guess. There,
1: um, good for Brown for a buck sixty receiver, receiving top you know top five target share.
0: He is, and people look at you know what you got to what you got a buck there is that you're looking at the ravens receivers and you're you know what you've told yourself for the last couple of years is well they don't really get vol- volume
1: well they're going to lose your top 3 running backs and you you need to see more from your quarterback yeah. in that game and plus again this is why we cannot harp on on total situation mm-hmm. just because baltimore has been bottom you know bottom in the league in pass attempts doesn't mean it's not going to flip on a dime when shit happens you have to be able to adjust When the NFL tells you, you know, when these leagues tell you that things are changing, you need to listen. Uh, A lot of us made that mistake with Josh Allen and and Diggs last year. And we're seeing it again with the Ravens offense. Five games into double-digit targets, including each of the last three for Hollywood Brown. If we can only see less of Watkins and maybe even a slight increase in DuBernay, I mean... The last Best receiving core two... it's a sneaky good receiving core. The, the problem
0: with that though is that the last two games have been very poor or two of the last three games have been super poor efficiency. The volume's yeah. there. Um but they are using him downfield.
1: Um Oh yeah, obviously, as they should. Well, no, they're not. He's 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 getting there. Three hundred and twenty one air yards against Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, but you against Cincinnati, but his yards per target, he had fourteen targets, right? His yards per target was 5.7. Eight
1: hey, dots. I mean, you want to see higher at 22. Is at 12.3. Again, I mean, overall. He's but, number one in deep targets, so he's got 21 deep targets. Yeah. Overall,
0: yes. Averaged out on those, you know, 14. He's getting the deep work. I'm not saying they're not going to use him deep. He'd be stupid not to. But yeah. last week, just
1: 2.8. Miami figured out, Miami found. Something that worked against, really against Lamar, yeah. and the lack of adjustment from the Ravens' offense was okay. vastly evident. It's easy to see they could not stop whatever the Dolphins threw at them. They couldn't stop, and you saw, you know, the fact that they have their most of their O lines banged up, and Lamar, who's not a top tier passer by any means or top tier even moving through his reads, you're going to see that too. So. We'll see if that's six. We'll see if what with what Miami showed against some last Thursday nights is going to. We'll see if the same team will use that against them moving forward. You know, the NFL is a copycat league. They did it with the Chiefs' offense with Mahomes in that cover two shell. We'll see whatever Miami did. It's going to slow down this Baltimore offense. This Is something to take note? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, keeping it going. Tight ends.
1: Uh, not. Look,
0: tight ends are a cluster. Again, we talked about Friar Muth earlier. Um, You know, there's not a name. Mark Andrews, by the way, down here, it would appear. Another guy that's not helped out the the variance.
1: Well, that's the offense is kind of uh, evolving. You get Bateman back, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Watkins, at the same time, Watkins is coming back from his injury. Yeah. Just... Yeah,
0: he is sixth in targets, so there is that. It just hasn't been hyper efficient. Dan Arnold is up there, uh, as is Tyler Higbee in your target volume. The tight ends. That's
1: that's that's all I really got. It's just. Yeah, it's just. It's gross. Dream. I guess. <laughs> tight end is gross I, I yet know. again. I don't know what to tell you. It, it feels like it's what just. Is Kelsey the only trusted option every week? Oh shit. The headliners are checking in. Are they? Yeah. What do we do to deserve that? I'm gonna ask them if they have our mac and cheese bites. <laughs> uh probably not. Especially not
0: after watching this. <laughs> but uh anyway. So a couple things to take away there. <laughs> that right, go you gotta reset on. Jalen Waddle, I think doing that exercise, which is kind of a convoluted exercise. It's probably shit we should do before we actually go on camera and prep up those stats. But I have a big takeaways from that, though. Jalen Waddle, first off, and the target volume he's getting. Hollywood Brown, that was kind of something I didn't realize, is that his target volume is way through the roof. And volume leads everything else. Volume matters. So that's through the roof on those two guys that you know we'd consider middling. You've got... Some other guys that are being hyper efficient with their receptions and the likes of Hunter Renfro, Michael Pittman, Um, you know. So there's there's definitely some things to note there as you're as you're setting these lineups week to week, and you know, look for breakouts. Look for Miles Gaskin to get a soft matchup, which is a good week to play him, you know, because the volumes there. Look for um, teams that aren't gonna blitz the hell out of the Ravens and keep Hollywood Brown in check. Look for, you know, Waddle with some stability in Miami to kind of figure out this depth of target thing and get that worked through. Um tight ends, it's a streaming game. Find yourself a matchup. Don't you know what we just showed you there is there's not a lot of variance between two and thirteen in tight ends.
1: Rotate. And, them. and then there's Mike Gseckey with seven targets who leads his team and, and no catches. Nothing. Hockenson, one target, no catch. Yeah, And a neutral game script, there the should be way. no loyalty to tight ends right now. None. I mean, none. none. I, besides, Kelsey. besides Kelsey, and even then, you have to, you know, there's risk if the Chiefs fall back to where they were. There is, there is, there's none. No loyalty. Don't, 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 don't act like you have to play. Once you get, you have to play these guys every week. Once you get beyond Kelsey, the difference between
0: Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard in target volume is eight targets.
1: Yeah, this is this is the risk. This is why every year it's not just us; it's everybody. It's it's their boys, you know, at the headliners. Everybody telling you, don't reach for tight ends, and and they'll say, you know, reach for the elite. I don't think you and I expected Waller. To kind of drop into this streaming no, tier, but and a lot of
0: people were forecasting Pitts and, and Hawkins, and Pitts, to his credit, I mean, he's up there, right? But yeah, I mean, you look at yardage; the drop off comes after Pitts and Kelsey. Then, you know, there's 50 yards separating Dallas Goddard from Cole Komet right now.
1: Hawk was, I don't know, it was rough. He ran, and I'm maybe we credit this to. Uh, Pittsburgh's elite pass rush, something we, you know, we can take note, right? Mm-hmm. If, if the Lions are playing against a great pass rush and we know Pittsburgh has one, they're not Hawk ran 20 routes. He stayed in and blocked. Yeah. Uh, this is, this has been the issue every, like, and we even talked about this when we brought up pockets was, you got to be careful with this. The Lions want to keep him in the block.
0: Yeah. And by the way, we're talking tight ends. Cole commit quickly becoming Jack Doyle is, I throw him out there, but he's another guy that over the last four weeks has seen that five to eight target range, right? So no loyalty to tight ends not named Kelsey is kind of going to be my name of the game for the next several weeks. You know, I may roll with Friar with a couple weeks in a row, for example, but if I see something on the waiver wire that looks like it's going to be a, a plus matchup, um, you're going to have to stream tight ends, I think, if you really want to find that competitive advantage over the backstretch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll put Hawk up there if the Lions, if if their if their own line can get a bit healthier, and they're not playing against elite pass rush. I mean, look at Pittsburgh, elite pass rush, Minnesota, elite pass, you know, elite pass rush, Baltimore. They were able to get you know the Rams in check, but the Rams have been downplaying most of their their opponents this year, and you can kind of see and almost predict. If lines are playing against an elite pass rush. They're probably going to keep Hockerson in, you know, you know, in the block more, especially if their old line is not healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, you want to review some beer and then get into. Some I will review spree- some bourbon some and some then we spree- will get into. Oh, beers. right.
1: You got bourbon. I have beer. This is why I need to review beer. You need to go get a beer. I will go talk. Well, i to- oh, wait because you wanted to hear my thoughts on this. So. Yeah. Well,
0: and I want to. Do that. I can't get rid of what's in this cup until I drink it and give the final review here. So that's fair. Beer review. Plus, let's be honest, I have to walk like four feet to get a beer.
1: <laughs> I know. It's so much work.
0: All right, Dan, I am very interested. So tell me what you think about the Penelope because I think it's a good, affordable release.
1: So on the nose, you're going to get. You know your toasted caramel, all your you know your toasted toffee, your chocolate to it. Obviously, if you dose it too much, you're going to get that ethanol. You know, for a barrel strength, it doesn't provide a whole lot of heat on the back end. Uh, it definitely just got some of the spices and the pepper that comes out, and get out. Know, I I get a decent amount of uh, uh, a cherry afterwards, but I'll take a sip and we'll kind of go through it. Ew, the form on mm-hmm.
0: that was really good.
1: Oh, thank you. So again, obviously your traditional chocolate, vanilla, I get some caramel on the back end, you know, as the kind of taste blends away, It's where you get most of the vanilla and the, and that sweetness comes from the fruit kind of likes to linger and hang around. The spices really come out as it kind of just starts to go down the throat more and it really starts to linger. That's where I get a lot more of it. Maybe that's because of the barrel, which I'm assuming that it is, but the spices start to come out more towards the end. And again, for a barrel strength, this doesn't pack a lot of heat, which will turn some people off, but it also invites a lot more. I think a lot more novice bourbon drinkers and they should not get afraid when they see a barrel strength and Penelope in the same title.
0: No. No, you shouldn't be afraid of, barrel, of a lot of the decent barrel strength stuff either because, you know, one of my favorite, okay, every time we talk bourbon, I got to riff on bourbon. One of my favorite anomalies <laughs> of the blind tasting with bourbon is the question of what proof do you think this is? We have a guy in our group that I know has a very, very good palate that we sent some, uh, we sent some old elk, one of our barrel picks, an old elk weeded pick to him. Oh, a, that'd be so good. 114 proof cuz it's a barrel Ooh. strength. Okay, it's barrel strength. Okay. Um, we sent it to him blind. He guessed it at about 90 to 95. So, that's kind of one of the proof anomalies is that just cuz it's high proof doesn't mean it's going to burn or it's going to be harsh. There's a lot of bourbons out there that disguise their proof well. And there's a lot of
1: bourbons out there that are lower proof that don't hide their proof well. So, What do what would what would distilleries do to kinda hide that? To kind of mass the mass the, uh, the burn on the higher proof. Is it aging? Age, Age. Okay. and that's why Penelope blends, right? Because if you did and we've seen this before a
0: little bit, but if you did like a straight single barrel of that, um, you're gonna taste some of the youth in it. Okay. Which a lot of that is gonna be like corn forward and hotter type type stuff. Um the longer that that you age something, obviously the more sugars and flavors that you're going to draw out of the wood, um, more robust that's going to be, and the more that's going to help balance out that proof and make it kind of take background. Whereas, you know, your alcohol content is your alcohol content. It's going to fluctuate a little bit in the barrel, but, you know, you come off the still, you go into that barrel at 125 proof, or, you know, just as a common one. I think Michter's goes in lower, but you go in at 125 proof, right? And then yeah. you're going to fluctuate a little bit, but 125 proof, right? Moonshine, burns. That's basically what's going in there. The longer you age it, the more you draw out sugars, the more you draw out flavor, the more that burn's going to take a backseat to some of the other
1: characteristics. Good to know. But that's, wh-
0: that's why Penelope gets blends and why smoke wagon with their uncut unfiltered blends right and yeah. does small batch because you can blend enough younger barrels together to where you get that same type of flavor profile that masks that proof in the same manner you're just not going to get it necessarily out of single barrels that's why you know four roses barrel strength single barrel, right that's i think eight to ten years there's a reason for <laughs> that so yeah
1: makes sense makes sense all right. Good to know.
0: Um, this vanilla wafer cream ale from O'Fallon was about exactly like it expected to be. It was very easy drinking. Um, it wasn't necessarily I'd write home about as being phenomenal. Um, but I thought that they pulled off well what they were trying to do. Uh, as I, you know, As soon as it hit the lips, you get kind of that light, crisp kind of cream ale notes, not a ton of corn to it. Um, hint of vanilla towards the back end, but it does have some of those cookie, more bready notes that I kind of expected I would get. I don't know if I predisposed myself to that by thinking that's what this was going to be, but that that can happen. So it can, but you know, I think that's what they are going for. And I do think that they pulled that off. Um, the flavors are what I would consider subtle enough to not be overwhelming or overpowering. So you're not going to taste this and be like, holy crap, that's a vanilla bomb or anything like that, but they're definitely there. So You know, overall, good addition to the series. Um, I'm glad that they expanded on this series from just doing the oatmeal cookie one last year. So, uh, yeah, good on O'Fallon. Good, good, good. Uh, I need a beer while you go ahead and introduce the previous.
1: All right. So we'll kick it off. Detroit at Cleveland. Cleveland 11.5 point favorites. 43.5 is the game total. If you go back and look at their last, you know, five or six games, both teams are kind of even, you know, dead set between, you know, against the spread Detroit is on this every other week, uh thing that we always like to joke and talk about. So if you believe the every other week, Detroit will not cover and Cleveland will, will be able to cover this 11 and a half, um, you know, different sites will use different lines. So be, you know, be wary on that, but. We don't really know who Cleveland is post odell right? They dominated the Bengals, obviously covered that game with ease, and then they went out and laid a goose egg pretty much against you know, against the Patriots. So I I'm staying away from betting this game. I need to see a little bit more from Cleveland and I have zero trust in you know in Detroit. Uh, decent pass trust the Browns have. So again, as we just talked about with Hawk. Uh, you may see him captain a little bit more, which means it's going to keep the passing volume down. I like the under. I think 43 and a half is more of a gift to what the Browns can put up on offense, but I'm staying away from the spread. If you are a believer and the every other, you know, style of betting, Good. then, then take Cleveland and the points. All right. We're on lions Browns. Yeah, got it. So
0: it's a tough one, right? Because neither offense is necessarily inspiring a lot of a lot of confidence. Um, yeah. You did mention Hawk against pass rushes. Uh, Browns have not necessarily been known for having a great pass rush this year. So I'm gonna bet that now that I said it,
1: but I think you're okay with Hawk. From I just assume Miles Garrett. That's that. That's probably a a problem on mine. I should have. Also, bet the same. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: and it might be. I'm I'm gonna look right now, actually, from a, a team stat perspective. But DeAndre Swift, we talked about the floor being what the floor is. There should be a little upside in this game because I do know that the Browns' defense has not been not been great against the run. So DeAndre Swift is is a guy obviously that you want to run out there. But there's nothing to get too cutesy with in this game um, on the Cleveland side of it. We're watching Nick Chubb. Um, you know, Dearness Johnson was the team target leader uh, with no Kareem Hunt. So, you know, I don't expect them to have that problem where anybody has to get a ton of target volume this week for Cleveland. So.
1: It, 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 it it might just be Swift, Chubb, and and probably Hawk. I think right? that's... Yeah. I, I think that's, like, I, I, maybe Davin people's Jones if you're going for... You know, some boom because he's a big play guy. That might be it. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that it is. Uh, Browns are
0: bottom half of the league in hurry and uh, bottom third of the league in hurry percentage. So, okay, they're not. Yeah.
1: So unless Miles, I, so maybe he might have to do some chipping on Garrett, but maybe expect Hawk to kind of go back to. Yeah. They are 37th in QB knockdowns, but they're not getting home. Basically,
0: um, sack wise, they're near the top of the league, I guess. So,
1: well, when I mean, you got you know Miles Garrett who's leading, yeah, <laughs> that's kind sacks of sacks don't always tell this story. Though, you know, you that's say, kind so. of an interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, hurries I think tell the story a little bit more than sacks do. Yeah, uh, I agree. As far as what that pass rush is going to do and what you're going to have to do to stop it, so holy crap, that smells even better than it did yesterday.
1: 49ers at Jacksonville. 49ers are six and a half point favorites on the road. 45 even is the game total. Both teams have kind of been back and forth in the spread department. San Francisco is just two and seven. two No, two and five over their last seven games. Jacksonville, three and four, though. Uh, two of which are those double digit point spreads. I think that's where kind of the respect is coming from. Jacksonville's improved defense, um, but San but San Francisco and their improved offense, and them coming off of you know two good victories here, I like San Francisco to cover in this game. This is more of a, you know of a feeling than what uh, than what the the stats may tell you. Um, game total again. Jacksonville has been all over the place. They don't score a lot of points, and San Francisco historically, especially with Kyle Shanahan, it's no problem. Just slowing the game down, eating up this clock when they get up you know up a couple touchdowns so I like the under um I think it lends better to how both teams want to play if this is a neutral game script that means there's not a lot of scoring unless San Francisco's defense starts to falter which hasn't been the case because Jacksonville's offense has not been great so San Francisco to cover six and a half and I like the under
0: yeah um for San Francisco we you know you're I'm streaming Garoppolo in at least one place, given the the tear that he's kind of been on. But this is a game where they're going to get to they're going to get to play their game, right? What does Shanahan want to do first? He wants to run the football. They ran 40 times against the Rams. They're going to get to do that. Um, keep your eye on Elijah Mitchell's status, as we mentioned earlier. As that goes, if he does not play, um, this is going to be a Jeff Wilson game through and through. So whoever starts at running back for San Francisco, start him Mitchell if he's healthy. Wilson, if he's not, tune in on Sunday. We'll have all those updates for you. You absolutely cannot sit Debo Samuel right now. He's a must-start, and you're not going to pull off of of George Kittle. We mentioned that there's no loyalty with tight ends. That is true. Um, you're not sitting Kittle. The high upside you're- guys you are still playing regardless, right? That's more yeah. of, you know... If you see somebody on the waiver wire, maybe stash your high upside guy for a week and turn a roster spot or something like that. This is not one of those games, though. On the Jaguars' side, you're not interested in anything other than James Robinson. Jamal Agnew has had some blow-up plays, but it's boom or bust, right, is what you're going to get with that. They are manufacturing touches for him. Um, he is the type of player that the way that they're using him can bust off a big one, as we saw last week. But it's absolutely going to be the floor can fall out from under that at any point as well. Chenault's gotten some target volume, but he's not done anything with it under 25 yards the last three weeks. um, Despite 16 targets over that time frame. even in games where he's hit double digit targets, he's not broken 50 yards, has no touchdowns on the season. There's no receiver here that you can trust Dan Arnold. uh, We've mentioned Dan Arnold a ton on the show, probably more than we should. (laughs) Um, We really, that tells you all you need to know. About I the state of heads. the tight end game. He is getting volume, <laughs> though. He is consistently over 60-plus yards. So, um,
1: Hey, that's good for a tight end, That's in, good man. for a tight that's, end. That's that's easily stream-worthy plus. Yeah,
0: so you're okay playing Dan Arnold and James Robinson. So your sum up on this one, Garoppolo, if you got to stream somebody, um, you know, over what we saw from Baker the last couple weeks, I mean, Garoppolo is a top 18 guy, easy this week. Um, and then... Dan Arnold, James Robinson on the Jacksonville side, Debo Samuel, George Kittle on the 49ers side. Don't play with Ayuk. Um no. it's not a, a game where I expect Ayuk, who's clearly behind in the pecking order, to get a ton of volume.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, expect potentially expect what we saw against the Rams. Um, you know, yeah. both of them ran under 20 routes and a lot of rushing attempts. Mitchell being hurt may change that. You may see them throw a little bit more their wide receivers more. But I agree I'd probably say off Iuk. All right, uh, Colts at the Bills. Bills are seven-point favorites at home. 50-and-a-half is the game total. Both teams been great in the coverage, been great against the spread over the past uh, a few weeks here. Colts have found their stride. Uh, five have covered five out of the last seven games. Uh, Bills have been pretty much the same. They're 5-3-1 in the season. A lot of their covers, and they've oddly covered high spreads, but if you go and you look at the matchups they played against, they covered the Jets' bad offense, they covered the Dolphins' bad offense uh, twice this year again. And then you look at teams who have a little more prolific on the offensive side with the Titans and the Chiefs. Well, they covered the Chiefs because they weren't favored. I like the Colts to cover this one at 7.5. All but one game this year, or two games that I've seen this year that they've covered when they've been dogs this year. They're 4-2. and two three and one on the road Um, when it comes to covering against this, but I like the Colts seven and a half. They've, they've been playing great. We, we know the bills defense is lights out, but what, what we've seen from this one sled offense and with Jonathan Taylor finding his legs and the Colts kind of buying into that more and more, this might be, that Derek Henry style game, where even against a good run defense, Taylor is just going to slam and run home. So, like Colts, seven and a half. I like Colts at minus seven or plus seven. And game total, I think, is good at 50 and a half. This, I think, with, with the Colts covering, I think this game stays close, and which generally means more scoring as the Bills love to throw. So, yeah, uh, I like the over and the Colts. So we're
0: going to use the, what I take them over Jimmy Garoppolo scale for quarterbacks. (laughs) And the answer is for Carson Wentz is probably not this week, given the defense that he's up against. That being said, we mentioned Pittman's efficiency. Um, So, you know, you're okay running him out there. You didn't draft him as a guy that's going to be the best receiver on your team. He's easily going to be a top, you know, 25 receiver again this week. So you're definitely running out with Pittman. I completely agree with your take on Jonathan Taylor. Um, where I think this is a game that he can absolutely smash. It's a good run defense. You're not worried about Taylor anyway, right? I don't have to give you advice to start Jonathan Taylor. The floor is such that you don't have to worry about Jonathan Taylor. Um, Naeem Hines games uh, have kind of really not been a thing. Taylor's getting more and more work, um, and Hines is getting more and more phased out. Um, he's had over five targets just once over the last couple weeks. Um, really hasn't done a whole lot. So, you know, you really, uh, I would steer a little off of Wentz cause I don't trust the efficiency. I expect this game to maybe be a little bit more black and blue. Um, and then we'll go Taylor and Pittman for the Colts on the other side of this it gets a little bit more interesting because the bills normally do have, uh, an ancillary piece that, that you can start. Um, so, you know, when you start looking at guys like Emmanuel Sanders or guys like Cole Beasley, uh, gave Davis hell of a game last week but did it on just three targets. I'm not interested in chasing that volume. You know, this is a game where I do think you're going to see somebody other than Diggs land some target volume there. Um, and it has been Beasley getting a little bit more target volume than than Emmanuel Sanders. Um over the last few weeks. I think they'll be able to work the Colts a little bit underneath. So I am okay with the Beasley start this week. Um, Dawson Knox, never a ton of volume. He's always liable to catch a couple touchdowns. So, again, in the world of streaming tight ends, eh, volume's not necessarily there for Knox. But if you need the upside, that's always going to be there. So, in this case, um, you know, obviously Diggs, obviously Allen, um, from a receiver standpoint, I'm, I'd lean more Beasley than Manny Sanders, but there's definitely going to be some value to be had there. Colts have not been good against wide receivers this year. Um, I don't expect that to change anytime soon. You know, They don't have an elite pass rush or anything walking through those doors. So, yeah, uh, as far as Singletary and Moscow, pretty neutral game script. So I don't really want to run either of them. We saw it last week where. Well, that was a blowout last week, and you saw where Moss still had to save his day with a touchdown, um, and Singletary, I think, too, right? And Singletary as well, but neither one. And he of them got had his late than, too. Yeah, neither one yeah. of them had more than fifty scrimmage yards. So we're back at a point where it's really hard for me to trust Bills running backs and in a neutral game script or what I perceive to be a neutral game script.
1: I definitely don't want
0: to trust Bills running backs.
1: I agree with your take on Sanders and Beasley, though. We know the Colts can give up big plays. Just look at the comeback win for the Ravens from a few weeks back. Um, but in target volume has been so out of the place. He's eight four eight two over his past uh four games. No touchdown scores since week five, and he has a, a goose egg. They're getting beat up in the slot is kinda yeah. the other thing that I take. They're away kinda from getting this. the Chiefs the they're, they're they're kinda getting the, the uh, uh uh Chiefs uh, treatment. More teams are running cover two and taking away the deep threat, which is mm-hmm where Sanders has been thriving on this year. Well, I was saying the Colts
0: are are getting
1: beat up in the slot. You look at the guys that have done it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes,
0: you're right. Lockett Cut, Ag Cup. It was Agnew last week on uh, a big play, but Elijah Moore tore him up. Antonio Brown tore him up. Debo Samuel, who kind of moves around a little bit, but Hollywood Brown. So, I mean, they're getting
1: beat up slot-wise. Well, one thing we do know is that Cole Beasley is like none of those slot receivers, but that's true he works he works underneath really really well and i will say this about about pittman he's gonna get your various white white's been pretty pretty dominant this year uh no more than five targets allowed to or no he has one 10 target game that was against Tyree kill no more than five catches allowed to a receiver this year for his primary target and i don't see how white isn't on pittman most of the time i'm not saying don't start pittman but be very very be just be aware, White's allowed no more than fifty-two yards this year and no touchdowns on the season. So if you have some other viable options, maybe in shallower leagues, or you you've just been lucky, um, be cautious with Pittman, even though yeah. he's been very good this year. And
0: my problem is when I look at this, and we didn't talk about who's on bye. It's the Broncos, right? So you're already missing two potentially better options yes. there. Um, You got the Rams on by, so you're missing some of your normal options there. So as I look up and down the schedule, it's kind of hard. Like I just wanted to look, as you said, better options and think who might be better options on a roster as I look at this so that you don't get anything out of the Browns-Lions game. You don't get anything out of Washington, Carolina. Um Niners and Jaguars, not much there. Titans, Texans, not much there. Elijah Moore for the Jets is maybe a guy that I would run out there ahead of him against the Dolphins. Traquan Smith for the Saints is a guy you could could maybe look at, but I don't love that volume more than Pittman. I, 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 wouldn't, um, no, yeah, I wouldn't go that far down. Bengals, Raiders, so Hunter Renfro. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Obviously, Chris,
1: both Bengals receivers are playing.
0: Yeah, Christian Kirk is the other I'll, one. Th- and I, I think
1: that's the baseline would be Kirk, right? Would you yeah. do Kurt or Pittman. And even if Hopkins wasn't, or even if Hopkins is healthy, Kirk, it's a if Murray's matchup. playing. I'm definitely playing Kurt. So I'm not saying don't play Pittman. I'm just saying, be aware that there are, um, yeah. his defensive back matchup is definitely not, uh, not a great, great one, yeah. but
0: there's also not a, gl- a lot of great receiving options going this week. I mean, you're no. either
1: in, in rough matchups for it, or you're, you know, not a lot of depth. Speaking of a, rush, a rough matchup, that should be boring. Dolphins at the Jets. Dolphins, three and a half point favorites on the road. 44 and a half is the game total. I thought I had this pulled up. Uh, um, As I fumble fuck through everything, finding finding this game here. I, I thought I had it pulled up. All right. Spread wise, uh, Dolphins have been great. They covered the last three games. Jets have been great in the season. Two and seven as underdogs. They've been underdogs every game this year which is hilariously hilariously funny uh so dolphins who have kind of i mean they look good against. you know they look okay last week i think they get more props than what they actually just actually should get this is a game that i'm probably just not going to bet i don't like the game total it, it, it seems enticing to bet the under um but you know jets soft defense the Dolphins. back and forth um and flacco playing you may see a little more you know check downs run so maybe take the under spread wise though if you want to you know you want to ride the streak that the dolphins are on you know a a covering three straight then sure cover that but i'll uh i'll take my chances on just betting the game total yeah
0: all right. Looking at this from a fantasy perspective, as I, you know, I look at Miami. So we're gonna start from the Jets side of it. As i look at Miami's defense, the running back side of this is not pretty. Um, they have not allowed a hundred yard rusher since since Jonathan Taylor in Week Four. Um, they do not give up a ton in the receiving game to backs either. They have not allowed more than forty. Forty-nine yards to James White all the way back in Week One is the season high water mark for <laughs> wow for allowed receptions. It's not that they're not playing the people that don't catch the football either. They've played uh, Devonta Freeman. They've played um, while well, they played the Falcons. So you had Cordero Patterson in there. Um, they have played Jacksonville. Um, yeah, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. Indianapolis, Vegas with Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, it's not that they haven't placed, but played backs that can receive. They just don't give up a ton to, to receiving backs. Uh, also, not giving up uh, a ton of touchdowns. Uh, they have not given up a touchdown since week six, a rush touchdown, or a touchdown to a running back since week six, actually. So, um, avoid the Jets running backs, if you will. Um, little different on the receiver side. Uh, We have seen receivers get a little bit going here. You do have Flacco coming in. Uh, Game script should be eh, relatively neutral. Um, Elijah Moore is a solid upside play, Um, but again, you got to be a little careful with the fact that it's been a little inconsistent. Uh, Corey Davis is another guy that I... I want to look into a little bit more here as to what's gone on with him the last couple of weeks. There's going to be a Jets receiver that's relevant. So Elijah Moore has been over six targets each of the last several weeks. Um, he's turned that into three touchdowns over the last two weeks. They're finding ways to get him involved. So I think he's going to be the guy that I want um, if I can help it, just because the upside is is a lot more. Corey Davis came off of a decent game against Buffalo, 93 yards in a in a losing effort on on seven targets. Um he's had some boom games this year. So uh, I'd go with Elijah Moore though here too. Also when you look at it matchup wise Davis is likely gonna end up with Xavier Howard. It's not quite the indictment that it used to be,
1: but not good still. This this is probably just a good game to just overall yeah, if you can, if you can. I like Elijah Moore. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, if there's only one player that we really like from it, it's probably not the the game you want to target when you're trying to find, you know, no, side plays to it.
0: Like I mentioned, wide receivers a little
1: scarce. Oh, no, of yeah, course. I'm not. Yeah, I'm so. not. Yeah, I'm just saying, j- just in general. Yeah. Why Try to t- target games with high game total. <laughs> yeah, wide
0: receivers a little scarce. So if you do need somebody, I'd look for Elijah Moore. He may even be on waivers. Um, flipping this to the Miami side of it again, it's not a high game total. Uh, I talked about the volume that Miles Gaskin is getting. I ran into a great week where I have to start Miles Gaskin in a couple places because he plays the Jets. So um, I do like Miles Gaskin this week as somebody that I want to plug in and start. For example, we'll use the Buffalo Bills as the low water mark here. I would take Gaskin over either Bills back this week. Oh, easily over him and Singletary. I would take him over. Um, whatever you're gonna get out of the, t- even though the Titans have the Texans, you know, I'd
1: probably take him over. And, it's rough, man. Running yeah, back, running just, back is, it is rough. Um, it, it, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, likely where you draft a gasket, especially if we're gonna lose Kamara too, yeah. Like, and then Miles Sanders probably isn't back, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're gonna play Jordan Howard with confidence. And Barkley's questionable in a Monday night game. Yeah, you got to roll the dice
0: on that one. So that's oof, that's oof. where you're that's where you're at. So um, I like Miles Gaskin this week. And we just talked about the Jalen Waddle volume. Um, I'd absolutely still play into that volume. This is a guy whose floor has been six or seven targets.
1: So oh, Waddle should definitely be played. I yeah. think he's easily a high and flex wide receiver and the uh, Jets. three range. I don't know if
0: people are just like beating up on them to stat pad or whatever, but they're giving up a ton to quarterbacks right now. Um, and normally, you know, when you see a team like the Jets, they don't give up a ton to quarterbacks because you don't have to throw against them. And by a team like the Jets, I mean a team that's not good, but they've actually been <laughs> able to generate some yardage and stuff over the last couple weeks. So um, I think teams had had have had to throw against them a little bit more. I think over the last five weeks they've given up the most points to quarterbacks. Was the, the Jets? Of, yeah, most fantasy. Yeah, most fantasy points given up to quarterbacks over the last five weeks. So it's a great week to start Tua.
1: Yeah, I think you can play. You can stream Tua with some confidence to yeah. it. And I, the game shouldn't get out of hand enough to where they, actually they're going to run more. Last five weeks they've given up twenty five plus
0: to Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen.
1: I mean, all I see there are just elite quarterbacks, and now they get the most elite quarterback of all time. No, no, sorry, other way around. Other just way kidding. around. Just, just kidding. All right, we We've talked enough about this game. Football team at the Panthers. Panthers are three-point favorites at home. Forty-three, even. is the game total. Washington's been bad this year when it comes to covering against the spread. They're one in five when they've been underdogs, and they just seem to kind of have Tampa Bay's number. Not saying to throw out the 10-point victory when they were 10-point dogs. But over the last four games prior to that, they didn't cover any of them, and they were underdogs in all four. So Panthers with Newton. Newton is trying to kind of help revitalize this, this, this fan base, moving past potentially the Darnold era into this kind of new Cam Newton era. I like the three points. I think that's a very favorable bet especially no chase young who's up for the year with torn ACL mm-hmm. game total though. Look, Panthers defense. It, it, it's, it's, it's been up and down. I think to say the least, especially if they've been battling with a lot of injuries, especially to that secondary it's whether Washington can actually score enough points. Look, they're in those. They're in that four game stretch in which they didn't cover any of their uh, underdogs. No more than 22 points and 10 points in those last two. So I think you're comfortable with the under even at 43 and the Panthers to cover.
0: All right. Looking at the other side of this for Washington. We talked about the tight end situation in RSJ, potentially <laughs> not playing. So <laughs> I don't want to go react. back
1: and list. We're not, we're not going back to uh, Sammy uh, Samus Reyes, Samus Reyes, Samus Reyes and the name to know. And like Blake John or whatever. I think John. It's like it's John,
0: some, John something.
1: John Blake. Some fucking two names something fucking like that. frat fuck. Yes.
0: Look, let's be honest, it's it's Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and don't touch anything else there. Even Taylor Heineke has not been a valid streaming option. He's got rushing floor, but oh my god, has the passing
1: op has the passing not been good? It's been he's he's fallen, uh he's fallen back to it's yes. like it's
0: almost like Taylor it's Heineke, like, like a lot of backups we've seen. Game in had one good game,
1: maybe a couple, and then fell back to earth a bit. Yeah, he's he's a high effort, and the locker room loves him. So for some yeah. reason, we all just buy into him.
0: Yep, touchdown volume is not there though. Um, efficiency is not there for Heineke. Stay away from that. Cam Newton. A luring stream to me this week. I've got to start him in a couple places. He's still got oh, yeah, the rushing sure. floor. He's going to get the goal line work. They're going to scheme him for touchdowns. You've got Christian McCaffrey back there. You've got DJ Moore. He has a better complement of weapons than he had with New England. Um, so I actually like Cam Newton a lot this week on the Panthers side. McCaffrey and DJ Moore, I think you're you're starting regardless. Uh, Robbie Anderson is going to be the wild card to watch. I'm not advocating for starting Robbie Anderson, but we'll, let's see what his target the volume does. We're, yeah. we're, we're not in the playoffs yet. We're not in the playoffs anyways. yet, but let's see what his target volume does with Cam Newton. Let's see if that changes any with Cam Newton.
1: I I, I concur. All right, let's pull up. My, favorite, my second favorite team versus your, your favorite team. Baltimore at Chicago. Baltimore, five and a half point favorites on the road. At Forty-five. Even as a game total, Baltimore has looked pedestrian.
0: Yeah, but they're playing the Bears, who have looked something below pedestrian. Hey,
1: they they look good against Pittsburgh, which I don't know how much that's saying. I think they should. They obviously they should. Have, they I think they should have Pitt. won that game.
0: We're yeah. not going to get well, into that Fields game.
1: Fields may have found something. I think is the biggest thing there. He found his confidence. Yes, that's what he found his confidence. It's all been and we've it's seen, and we've seen just, that switch for.
0: Flip for players too, especially highly talented players. You remember when Jonathan Taylor said the game slowed down for him, and, and he's been he dominated
1: that second half season. Yeah, tear ever he's since. dominated since. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It's just like something clicks, and then they get it. So maybe that's what it is with Justin Fields, right? Pittsburgh, good defense. Yeah, um, they found a way. So
1: could be Look, from a betting standpoint. Baltimore has been pretty bad this year when they've been the favorite. One in six. This year, when they've been the favorite, they haven't covered a game when they've been the favorite by more than three points. It's been their Achilles heel. We've talked about it all year. They, I don't know if they downplay to their opponent or if they just get a little more exposed. Bears also have not been great this year against the spread. Two and five when they've been underdogs, and they've been underdogs for the majority of the season. I like the Bears at home. I also expect this line to move. I think five and a half. I don't know what it opened at. Think it's going to close up open at four and a half. So it's even gone up some points. I expect this to finish around that four and a half point. It will reach a point where people do not want to bet Baltimore anymore. I think most people expect Baltimore to bounce back from that, you know, from the uh, disappointing loss against the dolphins. But I, I think Chicago has found something with feels feels has gained that confidence Baltimore struggled to cover when they've been when they've been the favorites this year on the road. Uh, both teams coming off or with the Bears coming off their bye, I like the Bears to cover five and a half points, especially right now. Uh, game total, I'm going to probably stay away from. Sure. So this
0: is a situation where you've got two defenses that have a lot of speed at linebacker, which. <laughs> What I'm saying for that is that don't start Justin Fields and don't expect Lamar Jackson to carry your team this week. Um, Because these are two teams, like I just mentioned, they have a lot of speed at linebacker and that is bad for rushing quarterbacks. Neither team has really played uh, a rushing first quarterback, but neither of them are giving up a lot to... I mean, both teams, have a season high of 30 yards rushing allowed to a quarterback. It was to Mariota for the Ravens. It was to Baker Mayfield for the Bears.
1: <laughs> Bayfield, and I'm pretty and sure Roquan Smith was out for that game. So, that being said, um, it's still Lamar Jackson so it's who knows. still Lamar Jackson, <laughs> right. That's why I'm
0: not saying you sit Lamar Jackson, but I would not play Fields even though he's third in, in, in rushing this week. Um, looking at some of your running games, uh, you know, Devonta Freeman is not awe inspiring again. The Bears still have a eh, about a middle of the road run defense, so I'm not, he's kind of right there with the Buffalo backs, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of like a round of not sexy, and hopefully, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, for Baltimore, they're also not giving up a ton in the running game. Um, you know, the Bears will try to lean on the run a little bit with David Montgomery. David Montgomery's been very good dating back to last season. Um, but this is not a game where I expect there to be a lot of a lot of blow up there. Um, you know, they just held Miles Gaskin to about one point seven yards a carry. So
1: That game was so I mean, that game was so Bears are gonna struggle whack.
0: Yeah. Bears are gonna struggle to find offense. For the Ravens where you are gonna find value is in Hollywood Brown. Ah, uh, the Bears can very easily be beat over the top. That secondary, you know, has some okay pieces in Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, but I'd expect Johnson to be on Bateman for the majority of this. Um, so Marquise Brown's gonna get to pick on like Kendall Vildor. So I like both Ravens <laughs> receivers in this one, and not a lot else. Not on Mark Andrews. Not necessarily. No, Jackson's a good cover safety and Smith is a great cover linebacker. So, I mean, it, it's hard for me to be on Andrews is I'm on Andrews as much as I'm on Dan Arnold, basically, or any other. So you like him as a Yeah, it, it might yeah. be more.
1: It's a lot more difficult to bench Andrews than it is to bench a guy like Arnold. Just, you know, it is. It's the same thing. Give Hawk, him where you right? got Yeah. It's the same thing with Hawk. It's the same
0: thing with Kittle, who... you know, I don't expect Kittle's game script to give him a lot of volume, but the talent and the upside is there. Um, It's the same thing with Andrews, right? The Bears match up good defensively against the Ravens' offense. But we know and have seen this year that the Ravens can flip to a passing attack if they need to. But when I say they match up good against the Ravens' offense, that's what we'd normally expect. They have the pieces... To cover Andrews, they have the pieces to. You can't stop Lamar Jackson on the ground. You can only hope to contain him. Um, that's yeah. That's
1: the, that's perfect. So, yeah, that's that's as much as we need to talk about with that game. Yep. Saints at the Eagles. Saints or uh, the Eagles two point favorites at home. Forty three and a half is the game really? total. Yes, Eagles favorite, but this might be due to. Uh, uh, Camara potentially not playing, probably leading towards that way. Taysom Hill. Um, it's going to be just more Trevor Simeon. Um, so conflicting, uh, conflicting kind of trends for the saints when it comes to batting them saints are on the, every other trend right now where they've covered one, not cover one back and forth. They're on the week where they're not supposed to cover, but yet they're four and as underdogs this year. And technically right now, Saints are plus two as underdogs. So do with that information as you will. The Eagles have kind of been a bit of a wash or five and five overall. They're one and zero this year as favorites. They don't obviously not a good team. So you won't be favored a lot this year. I probably stay away from this game, but the game total being 43 and a half. Look, Saints are losing their top playmaker in offense. And you're expecting Trevor Simeon to kind of carry it. I expect this game total to start to dip a little bit more, especially when we get confirmation that Kamara is not going to play, mm-hmm. or it looks be- or or becomes more and more doubtful that he does. So, if you want to bet the total of this game, get in now at forty three and a half before that dips another one or two points. Otherwise, I wouldn't bet it. I just I don't trust the Eagles. The Saints can definitely play up to their opponent, as we've seen against teams like the Bucks. Um, so that's where I sit with this. Yeah. Flipping this over, uh,
0: on the Saints side of the ball, Traquan Smith, you know, has given them a little stability at at wide receiver since coming back. Um, he did see target volume last week. Touchdown really saved his day though. Uh, as I believe it was only like 44 yards on 10 targets or something like seven targets, 44 yards and a touchdown. So that's where the volume is going. Um, same thing with Callaway, So that makes it really hard to want to play, a, a Saints wide receiver, unless you're, you're in a pinch. They're very touchdown dependent. There's not a lot of floor there to any of them. Um, the only guy from the Saints that I'm really looking at is somebody that I absolutely want to play is Mark Ingram in the, Alvin, in the absence of Alan Kamara, which I expect to happen. Um, over a hundred scrimmage yards last week, we'd kind of hypothesized that once he got out of Houston, some of the efficiency would, would come back. Um, and it has. Um, for New Orleans, he's been over 50 scrimmage yards since he got back into that lineup. Two games with uh, one game with Kamara, one game partially with Kamara, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's gone up every week. So he is finding some efficiency. He had two touchdowns last week as well. So a little bit of a blow up game for him. And that's how the Saints want to run this offense. So if there is no Kamara, um, I have no pause about, about starting Mark Ingram. Uh, the Eagles are not a team that that necessarily strikes fear in me against running backs. They've been okay against them, but you know they gave up what I would consider viable days to the likes of Melvin Gordon, Draard Jefferson, uh, decent data Kenyon Drake, huge data Fournette, Truba Hubbard. So you know Ingram's gonna f- be able to find some success here against Philly. Um, flipping it over to the Philadelphia side of things. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, the rushing floor is there. I think you can absolutely start him. New Orleans has been very, very good against the run. I do not want to get cute with Jordan Howard or Boston Scott this week. Um, you know, Gibson, Barkley, McCaffrey had big games against them, but then Aaron Jones, Brandon Bolden, Alex Collins, Mike Davis, Deonta Foreman, all relatively. Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, all relatively. Kept in check. Jordan Howard is not on the level of Barkley, Gibson, or McCaffrey. I don't want to go out and run him or Boston Scott in this game. Um, what I am interested in is Hurts and at least the passing game a little bit. Uh, we've seen Devonta Smith kind of come on a little bit over the last few weeks. Uh, he's a guy that we didn't talk about earlier on in this episode, uh, but he's getting the majority of their volume in receiving work. Six, 12 targets and three touchdowns over the last two weeks. So, um, Devonta Smith on a little bit of a hot streak. Goddard obviously is a tight end. And tight ends are just, they're trash. So you either start them or you don't. I'm going to go with probably not. It's going to be a struggle of a game. I don't expect there to be a lot of points in this one. Sounds like Vegas doesn't either. Outside of Mark Ingram and Devonta Smith, you know, and Jalen Hurts for rushing floor, there's nothing really sexy here.
1: No, I agree. Texans at the Titans, Titans, 10-point favorites, 44.5 is the game total. Titans, uh, first time this year, they're double-digit point favorites. Houston, six-time they've been double-digit point underdogs, two and three in those five games. They're 2-0 and o to start the season with uh, Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, Tyrod struggled in his return against the Dolphins, um. Then you had, it, you know, their bye week. So hopefully things have kind of. Uh, no, they didn't have it, but hopefully they've rightened that ship in this return here. So from a betting standpoint, Tennessee's been fantastic this year. They're seven and three on the season. Generally, they're double digit, or generally they're underdogs. That's been generally where their their wins have come from. Two and three as favorites this year. Again, they're not double digit point favorites, so it's hard to know. Um, what to trust there with no Derrick Henry? It's hard. It's hard enough to kind of run down the clock here, um, but Houston again has been kind of up and down, bad all year. So from a betting standpoint, I'll take Tennessee at home in hopes that it's we're we're still one more week out from where Tyrod is back to 100 percent game total. Again, it's expectation that Houston can keep up with Tennessee and score enough points to get there. I'm going to stay away from the game total and just take Tennessee at minus 10. Yep.
0: Tennessee running back situations, what we're all watching, but I don't think this would be a Jeremy McNichols game anyway, even if he were to play, um, the screams, Deonta Foreman and Adrian Peterson, just get ahead and grind this one down. So I'd expect those two to mix in a little bit. Foreman's looked like the more efficient of the two backs though. And he definitely fits Tennessee's running scheme for sure. So, yeah. um, Start Deontay Foreman this week is kind of a bold, not-so-bold, good game script
1: call McNichols is not going to play. Yeah. Especially, Especially that
0: McNichols. I love a Foreman start this week. I'm okay at the Peterson start. Um, nothing else in the receiving game other than A.J. Brown. I know we saw um, uh, Marcus something. What was his last name? Why can't I think of this? I totally just blanked.
1: Yeah, I don't know where you're going from.
0: Uh, Titans receiver. Marcus. Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Um, Don't chase those points. I needed to remember his name to say ignore that. (laughs) Um, I don't want to start anything other than AJ Brown because of the game script. I expect this one to be on the flip side of that. um, Titans haven't exactly been a lockdown defense. They've been fine, um, but there's some yardage to be had. Brandon Cooks is going to get peppered with targets. I don't want anything else other than that. Brandon Cooks is at least going to have some volume and should be able to give you uh, a relatively solid day there. Um, we saw him uh, start the season at least all right with Terod Taylor there. Um, and really through the first you know three games, he was double-digit targets all over the place, and it was the same thing last week with 14 targets, only amounted to 56 yards, the volume's there. This is a Jalen Waddle scenario, essentially. So, yeah, yep. I I do like Cooks this week. Who, by the way, is trending for yet another 1,000 yard season.
1: You love things you love to see. Brandon Cooks always value. Yeah, every time. Every year. Somehow. Where will he be next
0: year? He's still only 28. We got another two to three years of Brandon Cooks before
1: we're out of value. Out of value. Packers at the Vikings, Packers one and a half point favorites on the road. 47 and a half is the game total. Again, kind of the battle of the shrieks. Outside of week one, Green Bay has covered every game they played in. This is the game against the Chiefs with Jordan Love. They covered the plus seven. Vikings are 4-0 this year as underdogs. With the spread being pretty much even, it's tough to bet against Green Bay, especially with Minnesota's in inability to close out games they're the only team in the league this year to have at least a double hit to have 10 or more points a 10 or more point lead in every game and they're four and five that's incredible so this game could go in either direction i think you're better off potentially betting money line if you like minnesota it's plus one or try to bet to spread it for green Bay at that minus one, the minus one five. Um, It'll float between there. It'll probably close out around that, depending on what site you use game total. I would love to say the over, but with green Bay wanting to slow the game down, they're one of the slower paced teams in the league. It's tough for me to want to get excited about how many points could be scored. This could be a lower scoring game. You know, compared to what people expect to happen between these two teams, especially you know with the efficiency from both quarterbacks, you'd think they score more. I like the under, and probably staying away from the spread. If you like Minnesota, bet the money in line. If you like Green Bay, bet the spread. Green Bay's had a way of keeping wide receivers in checks
0: here over the last uh, last couple weeks. It's been three weeks since they allowed a a double digit wide wide receiver. That was ten points to AJ Green. Um it's been one more week before that since they allowed anybody to really give you what you'd feel good about as a fantasy relevant day. Uh that being said, that's more of an indictment on Adam Thielen than it is on Justin Jefferson to me. Um So take that for what you will. I know it's hard to sit either guy, but if you have better options, you know, you may want to look elsewhere there. Now, the flip side of that is Green Bay did just lose Rashawn Gary, who is a key part of their pass rush. Um And you know it. it, He had Russell Wilson coming off of. I mean, it's not like they've faced bad pass defenses, well, or bad passing offenses while they've been doing this. The teams that they've kept in check are Arizona, Kansas City, and Seattle. So, and that's Seattle with Russell Wilson back. So, um, gives me a lot of pause around the Vikings passing game. Now you're not sitting Justin Jefferson, but. There is a scenario where I think that you could steer Quiller Thielen a little bit. Um, Dalvin Cook, you're fine there. Kirk Cousins, maybe not somebody I'd want to stream. Uh, flip side of this for Green Bay, no Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon should get the run there. What I want to watch in a game that I'm hoping can push a little bit of pace um, is Kylan Hill. What's his role going to be without Aaron Jones there? Because A.J. Dillon... Aaron Jones was getting the majority of the receiving work, right? Yeah. So A.J. Dillon's going to have the rushing work to himself, but what does Kylan Hill get, if anything, is what I want to watch you with Green Bay. He's a guy that we really like coming out. Again, something to keep an eye on for Waiver Wire next week because we won't talk to you until next Wednesday, right? So um, just like I said, I was watching what Robbie Anderson's target volume is going to be with Cam Newton. I'm watching what Kylan Hill's volume is going to be with – no Aaron Jones there. That's not saying go start him. Lazard's um, banged up. Devontae Adams is about all I want on the Green Bay side of this with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Rodgers. So um, it's a game that, you know, on paper at the beginning of the season, as fantasy players, we were looking at salivating. Green Bay has found their defense. And like you mentioned, Dan, they want to slow the pace down. And when they slow the pace down, that really kills any other secondary receiving
1: options. Aaron Jones averaging 4.7 targets per game. Obviously, Kylan Hill isn't Aaron Jones at this point in their careers, and he probably may never will be.
0: Oh, he's also getting 8 to 10 carries a game, too, so maybe he'll get a couple of those. Maybe they don't all go to Dylan.
1: Yeah, he's generally in that upper teens and routes run. It's going to be neutral game script, I believe, throughout, even, if one, even when Minnesota gets up 10 points because at this point, it's, it's probably going to happen. Um, it, it should be a little bit more AJ Dillon. Um, again, we've, it, it's, yeah. Eh. This game's going to be more exciting to watch, I think, more so than it is from fantasy production. So, Bengals at the Raiders. Bengals, one point favorites on the road. 50 even. It's a game total. Might as well just be a pick'em game at this point. <sighs> when it comes to spreads, both teams are pretty much 50-50. Both teams are four and five. Both teams are struggling to cover. They're two and two in their last four games. They're both on zero and two streaks at this point. Raiders are three and two as underdogs, while the Bengals are one and three as favorites. But when this game pretty much looks like a pick them, you might as well go ahead and pick the team you think will win. Raiders, neither team per fan duel has an even or better money line bet. Raiders are minus 106, Bengals are minus 110. If you're going to bet this game, you might as well bet to, on who you think wins it. The game to the left 50 and the spread as it is, I like the over and just have fun. Maybe tease down. And get an extra five and a half points, or another six and a half points for whether team you like. But I, I just like the over. Just let's th- throw this game on, and hopefully, between Burrow and Carr, we can get some light shows. And oh god, I just about threw a beer bottle.
0: I don't. No, not good. I don't disagree with that. Um, I like both quarterbacks this week. Um, this is a, a week where I'm actually kind of a fan of uh, running out Josh Jacobs because pretty neutral against the Bengals. He is getting more run than Kenyon Drake is. Um, I don't expect him to be schemed out. Um, Should be get right for Waller. Hunter Renfro is a good play. Um, Flip side of this, we talked about Yuzama earlier on. I think he's a guy that you have to plug in. Both Bengals receivers with Chase and and T Higgins are going to be solid solid options here. This is a game that I'm looking at and I like for fantasy. If I'm going to plug this is a fantasy game of the week. It's this one right here where this is a game that I want to target.
1: This is a game that I want people from. I don't disagree with that. I mean, outside of the Cowboys and Chiefs game, which we'll get to in a couple of games. Yeah. This should be the game where I think you expect to see the highest point total. And then DFS for all your DFS guys out there. This is to be a, a, you know, a fun game to stack. Uh, now their quarterbacks are, are are high rushing upside, but with receiving options and, and good options to, you know, to have that comeback to whether it be Brentfall, if you're going Burrow, Higgins, Chase, one of those two, or even throwing out a guy, even like a guy like Wilder, who I'm sure is going to be priced down potentially, just given the struggles and in, in fantasy production that he's seen recently. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cardinals at the Seahawks Cardinals. One and a half point favorites on the road. A 47 and a half game total. Hopefully this is the game that Murray is back. Because God forbid, I do not want to see more quote McCoy. Jesus fucking Christ. It's trending in that way. <sighs> for Murray. So let's let's, let's hope for Murray. Because with Murray, you get him on a, almost on a five game streak. Obviously against the, the Packers and then go their way. They're 5-1 with Murray over his last six games. This season, they're 3-3 three and three as favorites. Seattle, again, kind of in that middle of the road. They're 3-1 and one, uh, coming into this against the spread. Obviously, it's hard to know what the offense is supposed to look like with Wilson coming back from his injury in that first game and playing at Lambeau in not-so-fun weather conditions. They're at home in their dome. Hope should be far better weather conditions if murray plays this could be also an extremely fun uh game stack in dfs with the game total at 47 and a half murray plays i want that over if you want to bet before you get the word just because you expect the game total to rise when murray is confirmed to play then bet it now when this is at 47 and a half uh spread wise with it being pretty much a pick I do like the Cardinals more, even without Hopkins. I don't think Hopkins is what makes this offense have to operate the highest level. It's Murray and they can find that receipts and they, you know, they can find replacements to what Hopkins would provide. So I, I do like the Cardinals to cover one and a half, because I do expect Murray to play and I like the over. All right. And
0: flipping this over to the fantasy side of it for the Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, we mentioned James Conner's touchdown upside, so completely ride that in this one. Uh, you know, we hope Seattle Wilson's got the, the rest knocked off and can keep this game going a little bit. But, um, you know, we saw basically, that, you know, Benjamin is not going to be a one for one replacement for, for Chase Edmonds. And that is good news for James Conner Hopkins looking like he's not going to play this week. That means you should absolutely be wheels up on Christian Kirk, um, especially with, with Kyler Murray back. Um, Seattle's a little bit trickier. Chris Carson likely to not play. Uh, We're very heavily watching Alex Collins, which means that this could be a a game that ends up being a hot hand approach between DJ Dallas, Rashad Penny, and Travis Homer, which is not sexy for anybody. Um, That's a situation that I think I would generally like to avoid, despite the Cardinals not being good against the run. Because... You have no guarantee of what that volume is going to look like. Um, I will go ahead here real quick while I've I've got it. Go back and look at last week, um, which I'm assuming wasn't a ton of volume against Green Bay. They were down the whole time. Um, you know, week before since since Carson's been out. So last week it was Majority Collins. Homer's the only other one that that saw any work. Um, makes sense, right? Because of what you were doing game script-wise. Um, against yep. Jacksonville, which was a game where they led, but you're working with Geno Smith. It was all Collins, but Rashad Penny got a little bit more work and was horribly inefficient with it um, with with Travis Homer. Going back week before that, they lost to the Saints in a close game. Uh, it was about the same split with Penny and Homer. So... No guarantee on who's going to get the volume there, basically. Um, If you need somebody, you're desperate. Looks like it's going to be Penny or Homer over Dallas. I'd probably go Penny. Um, He is getting more run than anything, but not a guarantee. It's not like an ace in the hole at all for that one. And the wide receivers have both been very up and down for Seattle. Um Arizona will definitely give up points to wide receivers, but there's no real consistency around who they're giving up those points to or what type of player they're giving up those points to. Um, I do think – let me see what you deduce from this. Top wide receivers against Seattle um, – or, sorry, against Arizona. A.J. Brown, Kendrick, or K.J. Osborne, D.J. Chark, Van Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Donovan Peoples-Jones – the only dud they've given up was against the Texans, so Brandon Cook. That's Cooks. So that's the only guy that didn't do anything against them. And
1: that was Davis Mills. So, yeah. So.
0: so Randall Cobb, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson. That's a mix of slot guys. That's a mix of outside guys. But all of these guys, a little bit more speed. I I'd think, say, I mean, but and Metcalf, both receivers. Both you know? have speed, yeah. so it's both receivers. When you look at San Francisco, we saw Debo and Ayuk both put up put up good games robbie anderson had the better game last week against carolina before that beckham and people's jones uh you had cooper uh cooper cop robert woods both have double digit games so i would agree with that it looks like it's both receivers for seattle long way to get there but looks like it's both receivers avoid the running game on that side of it and then to recap because it feels like an hour ago that i mentioned what we were doing with arizona christian kirk with no hop um and James Conner. Boom.
1: Boom. Patriots also just scored again. At 25 nothing. Matt Ryan got, got you know, obviously benched in a lopsided victory for the Patriots. Josh Rosen comes in, throws an interception right away. Pick six? Uh, no, that was, I think Matt Ryan was pick six. Oh. Uh, yeah. Game's over with now. I think Rosen threw his, uh, threw another pick. They're kneeling down. Team Unders win again. Yeah, Shout out. Just DeLarke. 25
0: points there. Pretty some pretty mediocre games all around. I, I mean, bit, I went... Yeah. Uh, big note that uh, Harrison Ramondre Stevenson pretty much splitting touches that whole game.
1: Harris working back from injury, but if Stevenson continues to play well... well Harris working back soft- from concussion,
0: though, not soft tissue or anything either, so... <laughs> That's short, fair, but also short week. So
1: also true. All right. Let's wrap this shit up. Oh, we've got a question coming in. Michael chap late. Tap what's, happen- what's happening. Hey, we love late questions. Pitts Gaskin Renfro for what running back? What running back can I real realistically get for these three? <laughs> so you want a package and a three for one deal. Maybe two for one, you know, pick between the two, between Pitts, Gaskets, and Redfro, basically looking at upgrading from Gaskin. Who are you targeting? Maybe Swift, if he's coming off another down game, not scoring touchdowns. A lot of fantasy gamers just like to see high point total. When you don't score a touchdown, yeah. you, you're you missing
0: those points. Maybe Swift, you might be able to hold on to a guy like Pitts, potential or somebody and uh, David Montgomery is a guy that I look at the bears schedule the rest of the season after this Ravens game and kind of like it, they go lions Cardinals Packers to finish out the stretch. And then the playoff run is Vikings, Seahawks giants. So yeah. really like the bears schedule and the fact that they'll definitely use David Montgomery a little bit. So that's a guy
1: that, that I could see targeting as well. Um, it's going to be tough to try to grab. I mean, if you're looking to package those three, it's going to be tough. Renfro, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you believe, if you want to sell high off Renfro, I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, Renfro, I'm feeling different about it, but. Yeah. Pitts is your
0: best piece there, but Gaskin, wait until after this weekend uh, if you're going to package Gaskin, because I think that Gaskin's going to have a pretty solid solid game this weekend, get a little bit more volume out of that. Um, you know, yeah. (laughs) Some other guys that you might be able to target uh, a guy like Elijah Mitchell, who could be surplus on somebody's bench. Um, we mentioned all
1: the, all the volume that, that he's getting. Um, so the running back landscape being as it is right now with Mm -hmm. a lot of injuries, it's hard to get people to let go of them. It's yeah. And I'm not saying, and Pitts, I mean, it, it, it's the Falcons' offense is a mess completely. Um, this is also a difficult match. The Patriots have a good defense. Belichick just just knows what they get out of his players. It, it, it was never going to go well. And, and Pitts needs a guy like really there to help take away the attention that he's going to get uh, yeah. traditionally, just given his size yeah. and his athletic ability.
0: Just three for 29 this week. So the good news is that, you should get a little bit more boost out of Gaskin and Renfro here coming off of this weekend. So you're not going to land somebody elite with that package though. So, you know, you got to realistically, I think that that's the, the area you're looking at is you're looking at a guy like Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery,
1: Deandre Swift, somebody in that area. If you want to try to, you know, try to get ahead on buying some guys that are coming off injury, maybe Camara, I'm going to look his way with Aaron Jones, but again, with Jones or his wrist to him losing touches. Right. To AJ Dillon, uh, Delvin cook. has kind of not been the dominant year that we expected. Yeah. Your stretches MP on that will... are
0: going to be Delvin cook and Joe Mixon. That's if yeah. you want to try to hit a home run, those are the two that I'm going to go try. Mixon's going to hit a... be probably harder to get. Go hit a home run. boring his... touch Jones. Yeah. <laughs> is either of those guys. But for the most part, I think you're going to be pigeonholed in with, you know, that Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, that kind of, of area there. You know, I don't want to run it. You know, Kamara, we got to figure out, did he just re-aggravate that injury, right? Um, you know, with uh, some other guys that are injured, Chris Carson, you don't know if he's going to be back. Um, Kareem Hunt is about to come back. So, I mean, that would be... Given how the Browns offense runs, that's that's one to look at if you're looking to, you know, get somebody coming off an injury.
1: That's a good call, and they definitely need that, that backfield back. It's just tough. Renfro, while well, productive, is not a sexy name, and, and, and Pitts had, had all the attention in the world, and, and while well, he's produced very well for a rookie tight end, he's, he's, he's not standing, has involved the rest of the field. So, you know, good luck in moving them, you know, come back, let us know what you find. And and maybe after this week, we can kind of figure out some more. Yeah. I'm assuming redraft, by
0: the way, because dynasty I would assume redraft, value is yes. way different. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm assuming, I, I, I'm assuming
1: redraft. redraft. Yeah. I'm assuming redraft. All right. Let's fucking start wrapping this shit home. Chiefs at, uh, at Dallas right now. I'm sorry. Dallas Cowboys at the chiefs. Wow. Chiefs two and a half point favorites continuing their trend of being the team on the favorites in every game this year. The team on bottoms, the home team. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. 56 even is the game total. This is clearly su- supposed to be the game of the week. Look, Chiefs struggled this year. Their own five as home team favorites. They're three and seven as a whole as favorites this year, which means they're three and seven against the spread as a whole because they've been favorites every game. And Dallas has been pretty much dominant outside of again outside of the game against the Broncos. They're nine and zero, or they're eight and zero. They're three and zero as underdogs, and they're four and zero as away team. With the spread being pretty much a pick'em again, it kind of lends to just you know picking who you want. She's minus minus one thirty-eight, Cowboys plus one eighteen. If you don't want to take the money line, I do like Dallas in this game. They're getting healthier. The defense is playing much better, but it's, again, people see what the Chiefs just did against against the Raiders, and they just, they're going to expect this to be the same. Dallas has had a very much improved defense, and we've seen the Chiefs outside of this game against the Raiders struggle to find any success. So I like the Cowboys, and I may even flirt with the under. 56 is a lot of points to score, especially with the struggling Chiefs offense. I like the Cowboys to cover two and a half, maybe even probably even win this game. And I'll take the under. I like that call. Um,
0: Flip side of this Chiefs-Cowboys game. Darrell Williams has been on an absolute tear. And so much so they don't feel like they need to bring back Clyde. Um, So... Yeah. I don't know how you don't ride ride the Daryl Williams train into the night here.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: So other side of the other side of this with the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey's got off the schneid a little bit. There's no way you're sitting him. You're not you're not sitting hill. It's again, it's it's chalk, even though chalk is not necessarily as sexy as it as it once was, right? It's still a thing. So Uh, Up and down, by the way, for backs against against Dallas. Melvin Gordon had himself a good day. Damian Harris, Devontae Booker, but then some bad games mixed in there too. KC's got enough balance to where I think that you're totally fine with Thoreau Williams. On the flip side of this for Dallas, everything. I mean, Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz, I'm still kind of like out on how that's going to land, right? Um, We did not get... A lot of clarity in that scenario in a forty-three to three blowout where Cooper Rush is in at the end of it and they're not really having to throw. Um, neither guy really did that much. So interested to see what that's like in a closer game. That's another kind of point to watch, especially as you get towards waiver wires and Michael Gallup might be floating around out there still. People dropped him during his injury, so more of a point to watch than anything. But I'm okay with Cooper, Lamb, Zeke. Uh, Tony Pollard fallen off a little bit since his hot start, but you know, should still see some run. I would think
1: he's, he's, he's the highest upside backup <laughs> and in a game where he you is. know, you have a near pick in a 56 game total. Like I agree. I think I, I, I want to see how the I know how this Gallup and Schultz game and Schultz team plays out. I'm still playing both yeah. kind of with some confidence to it like this you know you know we're so you know people are so chasing that chiefs and rams game from a you know from a couple of years ago where he had what almost 120 points total right and we're trying to you know find that game again and what we're seeing that that's not you know coming to light but yep. i i'm chasing that upside in the you know in a game that may produce 80 plus yeah also both quarterbacks this is another game where it's just if you got
0: pieces you can start them uh, even if you have to spot start Tony Pollard, right? We talked about how the landscape yeah. is is not great. How you know maybe you want to steer clear of somebody like Michael Carter, the two Bills running backs. Uh, yeah, Pollard is, I think, above that threshold at least. So,
1: something named Philip Franks threw an interception for the Packers. Felipe or, Franks or for the yeah Felipe Franks threw an interception for the Falcons. Yeah, I remember, no touchdowns and four picks.
0: Former uh, Gators
1: quarterback, I think. I think that sounds right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's bad. All right. Two games left. Steelers Chargers. Power through it. You got it. Steelers are, uh, Chargers are six six and a half point favorites at home. 47 is the game total. I think Ben, I think Big Ben's supposed to be back in this game. He's right. Yeah. Should be back. Both teams kind of been up and down against the spread this year. Chargers are five and four. Steelers are three and six. Steelers are one and three over the past uh, four games. So have been the chargers um, as favorites. Chargers are two and three Pittsburgh is three and one as, uh, as as other dogs and two and one as road dogs. I do like Pittsburgh to cover five and a half chargers offense just really hasn't been quite the same since that, since those first three or four games. And while Pittsburgh's offense is still a bit of a mess, you can run all, all over the Chargers, which means slow game pace, a lot of Najee Harris. I like the 47 under, because that's the game total, 47 even. I, I like the under, and I like Pittsburgh to cover the 6.5. Yep, flip
0: side of this uh, for the Steelers. I mean, you got Ben back. It's going to be Deontay Johnson and, and Najee Harris. Um I'm still not with Ben's new alarm. Like I'm not on James Washington, and there's Claypool's likely to not play. Pat Fryermeath is the guy we talked about again. He's a, a plug in and leave him at tight end right now. Um, I'm not too worried about him. He's definitely a top six to seven guy most weeks. In uh, pre, you know, hypothetically, if we were still to do pre week rankings, he would be a top six or seven guy in pre week wa- rankings most weeks. So <laughs> Okay with that one. Chargers side of it, uh, Mike Williams has fallen off a cliff. This is going to be a good pass rush that they're facing. Uh, you're not sitting Eckler. You're not sitting Herbert. Keenan Allen is the receiver that you want. Not a lot else to dive into there, right? I mean, there's not any ancillary pieces that I'm super excited about with this one. Um, you know, we got to see Ben back if James Washington's going to be utilized more with him uh, than he was with. With Rudolph. Um, you know, we saw Ray Ray McLeod do a little bit last week too. So I think Ray Ray, Ray McLeod ugly in general.
1: <laughs> Giants, Bucks. fuck that game last week. All right. Wrapping this up Giants at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers sending that point favorites 49 and a half. It's the game total. Bucks just three and six this year against the spread. Giants are five and four. Giants are covered. Three straight games, all of which they were underdogs in between three and 10.5 points. Look, it doesn't really matter if this team's banged up. They just seem to find ways to keep in check here. The, and, and this is games against the Raiders, against the Chiefs, and against the Panthers. Look, Bucks maybe wanting to bounce back and kind of show that they're not uh, the same outing in which we saw against Washington. They are three, they are. They were three zero against double. They were three against spread as double-digit point favorites. This Washington game obviously changed that. They're now three and one. I do like the Bucks to cover though at at home. Bounce back game. Uh, game total. I'm not willing to bet. I just don't trust the Giants' offense. If we get Barkley back, maybe I'll flirt with that over. But as of right now, if I'm betting the game total, it's the under.
0: Don't disagree there.
1: Alright. Giants, Bucks.
0: Um fantasy side of this one, Bucks defense is figuring it out, right? So you don't have any any soft spots here. Giants are a damn mess. Saquon Barkley uh may or may not play, and that's tough with the Monday night game, right? Because Fournette's yeah. not on waivers. Um, you know, Devonta Booker is likely not out there on waivers given that there's still the possibility that Barkley might not play and you're not going to feel great about Ronald Jones or, or Gio Bernard in that one. So I would just have an alternative plan there, um, already. And I don't know. I, am watch what Barkley does at practice tomorrow. Watch what the reports are. And hopefully you have something positive before Sunday morning to play on that. Basically Barkley plays. You're going to play him if he doesn't play, um, I'm not looking at Booker this week because the Bucks are a very good run defense. And even coming off of injury after missing so much time, because the Bucks are such a good run defense, you may just plan on not playing Barkley anyway. Um coming off of injury.
1: Not and no, I there's no need to stress playing. I mean, at this yeah. point most Barkley owners might be struggling in the winning column, so it may not even matter.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. On the other side of this, for the Buccaneers, Giants don't strike fear into the hearts of anybody. Uh, Leonard Fournette game script shape, shapes up well for him. Sorry, forgot to mention Kadarius Tony on the Giant side. He is healthy. He should get the majority of the volume. We know he can be dynamic. So totally okay going Kadarius Tony on the Giant side. Mostly trying to will that into existence because I had to. On the other side of it, with the box. Um, outside of Fournette, I'm on board with Evans and Godwin. Godwin Brady must starts this week. Antonio Brown shed the boot. He's running. He also turned in a fake COVID vaccine card. Uh, I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go outside of those guys. Not looking at Gio Bernard. Pace won't be pushed enough for that. Um, Gronk is a tight end. All tight ends. You should assume you can either start them or not start them. And I don't have an opinion strongly either way at this point.
1: So. <laughs> that ends whatever yeah that ends yeah eh, whatever that's it that's it that's the
0: show that's a show two and a half hours strong thank you guys see for you tuning guys in and continuing to listen to this we'll see you on sunday morning peace see ya